thing was explained where it's like this kind of like like subconscious thing where you're watching the sun die right so hmm. like you're watching the sun the light the energy the thing that grows your crops the thing that keeps you warm you know the thing that provides you light you're watching it die and there's something about it going into water and like going out into the distance and dying in your like subconscious mind that makes you like really scared like oh no <laughs> You know, and then of course next morning it rises and whatever, but like, and no one's really thinking about this, but there's just that like primal, like animalistic, like, oh no, what do I do now? 100%. This, like, and sense of why... like fight or flight, you know, goes in and stuff like that. Um, you could begin to see how, how people of the past thought that it was deep, uh, deeply spiritual event. Yeah. And it happened every night for sure. I 100% agree with that. So I think that, I think, you know, and especially like if they weren't on the West Coast yet, at least the people, you know, or maybe they were like, wasn't that populated yet or anything? But like well, Buffalo would have been differ. the one, the one I, that I might beg to differ. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, it's a, that's a whole thing because it's like, exactly, I mean, exactly. Like San Francisco was definitely there, you know. Okay, maybe so I got a thousand pictures. years ago. <laughs> well, I have pictures of San Fran. It's funny you mentioned that. I'm gonna but... start. Is that okay? Absolutely. That cool? Let's do it. Yep. All right. So sweet. It's gonna start now. I think. And then it'll be live in like a second. Yeah, what are you going to say? You're talking about San Francisco. We're talking about um, Tartaria for those just tuning in now. Uh, <laughs> I'm here with my boy Dustin, Berserker Bear, uh, the Berserker Bear. Um, and yeah, we we're just kind of talking off stream about uh, Buffalo and Sunsets and Tartaria. If you want to uh, ladle some gravy for the folks. Yeah, what's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? Bear community, everybody listening. Love you all. Sean, thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah. Um, Thank you for coming on. I've been following for a while. Good friend, for sure. And thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah, Buffalo. Uh, we were just talking about the past couple of videos that I had referencing the layout of Buffalo and the significance and with the sunset over the water. And you were referencing how on the West Coast it's very significant also. And then San Fran possibly was an old city. And I think so, because I have older pictures of it where we're starting to get into a portion of the research where we're starting to find out these cities like San Fran had different names. Now that name is still carried in certain geographical places that they'll name, a sim they'll name it similar. And one of the bays, I forget the name of it off the top of my head, I should have had it written down. But so, at one point, we think in the late 1700s, there these cities were, were named something different. And that kind of throws off the research because prior to 1700, we shouldn't be looking for San Fran. It's called Puerta something. And I think one of the bays in San Fran has actually named it and what it used to be named, right? So instead of looking up San Fran, we could be looking up, for example, when I'm doing my research, instead of looking up San Fran, I should be looking up the old name and that would give me even more old maps. And that's kind of a tactic in which they use to change the names of things. So it kind of throws dudes like us off or researchers like me off. Because you know? you're looking for key terms that are like the modern terms, not the. Yeah. I feel yeah, like people exactly. do that with the Bible, too, where it's like these Latin terms and okay. Greek. And then it gets so watered down because it's translated, translated again, you know, translated again. <laughs> 
<laughs> interpreted and translated again. I think that's on purpose, you know, like they do that to kind of keep the gravy away from you. Right. When you when people you on hear... screen can see, I just pulled up a picture of San Francisco. Okay. Um, I think it, this is around 1900 when they took this picture. Okay. <laughs> you know, the World's Fair site where it's just this like unbelievable architecture, these giant there you go. stone <laughs> things that were conveniently destroyed a few years later in an earthquake and a fire. Yeah, it's fascinating. Now, you know what, Sean, I actually, so, so for my research, dude, I have, now with that, they say that that stuff, that dude, Howdy, that, um, Howdy Mikowski. Yeah. Yeah. He's the OG yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah man, that's he, he knows what's I want to get that book. <laughs> 100%. He knows what's up with in like so many different categories too, of like it's crazy. and spirituality and stuff. Yeah, philosophy. Listen, listen to this story to hammer this home. It's, this synchronicity is nuts. So, you know, they, they say that these those buildings, if you have a picture of it up, are built with like plaster. Yeah, that's a style of material, and um, I, I have a plaster casting. You guys could look this up right now if you're listening. Plaster casting in Buffalo. It's on Skillen. S K I L L E N. And I passed by it my entire life, right? Um, so because with this, um, looking into this stuff and they say that it was built with that plaster and that material, I just called them one day, you know, as, as a professional solicitation. Cause like we were just talking like with sending emails, it's kind of the same type of approach I take, apply it to that, I'll make a phone call. And anyway, I, I called there and of course I'm talking to the guy, yada, yada, hey, this is, my name is Dustin. I'm a um, local architectural researcher here in Buffalo. I have interest on what's going on. And we start talking about it, this and that. And I'm trying to get to speak with the owner so I can get an interview. And uh, the owner calls me back. I was working, but I'm working from home, right? So I'm in my living room. And uh, the, this guy calls me back. Uh, Dustin, did you call here? Yeah, how you doing? Bob, his name is. And uh, it turns out that this dude, he's like, is your aunt... Sally, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no. He's like, is your mother is your mother Carol? I'm like, yeah. What's up? He's like, yeah. I went to school with your parents. I know your parents very well. I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. How how you doing? I'm like, well. I'm like, are you old Riverside dude? He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, how the hell are you? <laughs> so it's like that, That's and he's wild. like, it's wild. He runs that place. I've been there. I actually put pictures up of it on my um, my my website that I that I put all that stuff on at MeWe. Um, and yeah, I went in there just to. He said, "Come on in. We'll uh, show you around." And I went there a couple of days ago. Got pictures, and we're gonna have a professional um, interview that I'm gonna make a video out of. And he seems to think that they can do that. Okay. Now, this is very interesting because this is what would represent a, uh, a critic because he thinks that they could do it. But I don't think that he's privy to how big in scale these things are. Because so, so like he says that it could be plaster and like yeah. temporary construction of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about he like said, World Fair specifically, right? Or just like yeah. all the arc. Yeah. World Fair specifically. And I think that his reference point is the Buffalo one. Yeah. in his mind um but to be honest with you like for for example the electric tower and how big that was uh he said that so i didn't get you know i didn't get to sit down with him and actually go through and, and show him a scale i want to actually put together a package of like a email that i can send to him 
like I said, man, this is a part-time thing for me and I got so much work to do. Yeah. I'm working on another video right now. I have to yeah. go to work Monday through Friday. I'll be at from home and I, I I'm on the internet while I'm working. I can hover over my accounts and stuff like that, but I can't do in-depth research like I'd like to while I'm working, you know, even though I could still kind of peruse all my stuff. Um, so yeah, I got that lined up. The dude knows my family. Cool dude. He gets it. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I went in there without no face diaper on, whatever, you know, stick, stick my hand out, shake his hand right away. Everybody oh, yeah. was in there, you know, um, very cool. They got the huge plaster facade things just hanging all over the, the, um, the room. And I'm, it's just like, I'm walking into heaven. You know, it's like, I cannot believe this dude knows my parents. Like, you gotta be kidding me. I, this is definitely something that I have to do. Line up an interview with this dude, get his take on it, show him what my reservations are, get his take, his insight, because that's what he does. It's his business. Yeah. And then we put it out there. Love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, uh, before we can, because we're about to dive in some, into some gravy, uh, I have some good questions here lined up for you. But can you, um, first off, first, first, can you tell people where they can find your stuff? Okay, so. And subscribe to you and follow you and stuff. Cool. So my YouTube channel is Berserker or Bushwhack and Tartaria with Berserker Bear. That's my YouTube channel. And in my YouTube channel is pretty much my, the link like on the top rocker page, the top rocker picture in the bottom right is a link to my MeWe website. And that's my joint. Well, Campbell from Autodidactic, he set that up originally, but I operate it. I run it. Okay. And that's where you can find anything and everything Tartaria. Again, it's at my YouTube, uh, my YouTube channel, the top picture. There's a link to my website. And that's where you can find all the stuff that I do about this kind of this kind of work, for sure. And I'm also on IG as Berserker Bear. You can find me. I'm on IG as Berserker Bear. I'm on uh, Twitter as Berserker Bear 2.0. And props to How Dare You Bear for making those rockers for me. Those pictures where that where a, a Viking. He's got my face planted over it with yeah. with uh, choking out and uh, some dude that looks like Jack Dorsey. How Dare You Bear made those for me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out. How dare you, Bear? He's always making really good pictures. Cru for crushing. Wobbly Bear does a good job, too, with that. Wobbly. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to you. Legendary Bears. You know, <laughs> 100%. we're all like every, yeah. everyone that, that there's too many to mention. I love all you bears. Everybody. I know, yeah. And the bears. We got them in the chat here. We got Son of Acantus, Pumpy, uh, my girl Pumpy. Blue. Full Gretard, Burning What's Tree. What's up, everybody? Full Gretard. Yo, Full Gretard. You get your workout in today, bro? I'm drinking my coffee. <laughs> Calling out, shots fired in the chat. Shot. The Legion's crushing. Hey, that's a really good. You know, I'll shout out the Legion Challenge right now too. It's very good discipline. Um, they do a really good job, and it's helping me for discipline too. Working out in my basement. I get up early anyway, so and I read the Bible anyway, so I hit a lot of those marks to begin with. But it helps me, me to be disciplined to get up and, and work out also. So that's a the Legion is crushing. Awesome. Bears are crushing. Oh yeah, <laughs> always crushing. Mount Crushmore out there. Uh, <laughs> um, we have, I wanted to start, my first question for you is Dustin and Berserker. Can you explain the origins and meanings of those names? Yes. Okay. Dustin is... Because um, <laughs> they're both pretty cool. Okay. So Dustin is from 
Old English from Torsten. From that is from Old Norse Thorsten. And that means Thor stone. Thor of stone, uh, stone of Thors. And that's where my, that's my moniker actually at stone of Thors on Twitter. I should have said that that's where that comes from. So effectively my name means stone of Thors and it also means valiant warrior. And in fitting with that, the berserkers were a clan of the old Vikings that were kind of like the Delta force of, of, you know, that you think of the Vikings like the Delta force, but of the Delta force, Delta force is the berserk. And they were um, a faction. Some think that they were kind of like the spiritual, maybe like a clerical thing, because they, some people think that they were, there's some literature that says that they would go into a trance called the berserker gang. And some think it was induced by a, a potion or by drinking something, but they would go into a fit of rage in battle. And that's where the term berserk comes from going berserk because it's just like they would have reckless abandon and like the legend is that they would you know kind of invoke the animal that they wore the pelt of now you had you had bear berserkers you had you also had wolf berserkers okay well the wolf tribe and some also wore like uh like raccoon pelts and stuff like that but as far as the berserks go, I believe it was just either the bear or the wolf. And yeah, they would go crazy. They would take all their clothes off. They would not, a, a, a part of their tactic was to absolutely instill fear in their, um, in their adversary. And they would, you know, legend has it that they would take out five dudes evenly matched. Right. And it'd be a, a danger kind of to their, to their allies because they would just go nuts. So that's, that's, where Berserk comes from, a very general. There's definition. like that famous story of that one on the bridge. Yeah, remember the, the details one... where there was like some bridge in England they were fighting on, and it was like a oh. one or two man length, and they they like, an entire army couldn't stop them because right. when you're limited to just one on one combat, it was like impossible to beat them. And I think the whole story goes like the way they actually killed them was they snuck under the bridge and stabbed him from from below. It's kind of a similar like story. You had, to, you had to get them from behind to, to beat them, or you had to take them on four on one or something to like actually take one down. But if it's just man to man, like that whole concept of the 300, the Spartan 300, exactly. like if you just have these tight quarters where you have to fight one on one, like there's no beating them. But if you're right. an open field with, with a, like a numerical advantage, you would be able to. Yeah. There's definitely that famous story. I forget the name of the bridge in the, in the, they were retreating and they, he was effectively like the uh, stall tactic and he just stayed, st stood on the bridge and with his uh, broad ax and was leveling every salvo they threw at him <laughs> until they, and they flanked him. Just yep. one sim similar to the 300 time. story. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Love that. Well, um, without doxing yourself, can you give uh, my audience who's mostly also your audience uh, <laughs> But can you tell the people out there um, just your life story and like your testimony? What, okay, what, yeah. What brought so, you here and uh, what what, what uh, piqued your interests into all the gravy you're into these days? Okay, so you know what? I'll, I'll start off with that. Well, you know what? So I'm 37 and I'm married. I have a baby girl who's three years old. I'm happily married. I live with my family. 
in must, a house must that be nice, my, you know. <laughs> must be nice. <laughs> must be nice. <laughs> I live in a house that my um my my grandfather my grandfather was like born in pretty much. The room that my baby girl uh, is in her nursery is a, a house or a, a room that my was my father's room and my uncle Eric's room, who passed away, um, my father's brother. So it's full circle. But yes, yeah, so I'm married. I have a little baby girl. I live in the house that uh, was my family's house for a couple of generations. God willing, and God bless that. I met my wife about 13 years ago at work, where we work at right now. Uh, we still work there. I left for a little bit and came back. Uh, and ever since we got the order to go home, we've been working from home, which I love because, you know, I have the ability to be with my family every day. So I've been married to her since 2015, so six years. And um, before that, I was kind of a, you know, young bachelor flying, <laughs> flying in the wind. <laughs> Right. So she definitely <laughs> grounded me. My wife, God bless her, Rachel. I love her very much. My little girls, uh, Kylie, love her very much. You know, this whole this whole walkabout, I guess, for me, like uh, this whole journey back to Christ, if you will. And I was raised Catholic. I, I, I could. My childhood is Catholic. I went to right around the block from me, actually, in Riverside is um, All Saints Church. And we went to religion. I went to religion class there at my brother. Uh, we went to church every Sunday, and uh, my parents certainly gave me that option, right? But that story goes, my dad took me to the planetarium one day, <laughs> and then I, I watched the Cosmos show on, oh man, PBS, back in the day, Carl Sagan, and it was over with. Yeah. It was astronomy full, full bore, yeah. full bore. <laughs> yeah. Okay, since a couple of years ago, ever, ever up, up until a couple of years ago. So yeah, I mean, I, I grew up, I uh, had a good good childhood. I went to uh, Canada a lot as a child to Port Colburn. The neighbors that my parents, I grew up in my parents' house. My neighbor had, had a cottage up there, still has a cottage up there in Burnaby. Beautiful cottage on the beach. Um, had a quarry nearby. We'd jump off the bridge. We'd go fishing. I'm a big time fisherman, fished my whole life in the Niagara River. I mean, who doesn't live near the Niagara River and, and, and not fish. Fished my whole life. We went camping as as as, a, as kids. I, I, I'm grateful that I had the childhood that I did. My dad took us to the Adirondacks a lot. Owen talks about that actually. He had a house up there. We, we've been camping there at the base of Buttermilk Falls and and the Adirondacks in a lean-to. Are you familiar with a lean-to? One side open. Not at all. So it's like a cabin, right? To take a picture of a cabin with... once as a kid. My, okay. uh, my dad took me, we just drove through into Cooperstown and then I've been to New York city once or twice. And then that's okay. it. Been in New York city a few times. I'd like to take my wife there, but she's never been, I've been there a few times, but yeah. So I've I wasn't a... really a fan of New York city. It just really felt too mouse utopia, you know, but yeah, yeah being in like upstate, like the middle, I think we went like right when it was starting to like change colors early fall. Um, I'm not sure. I think it was like Albany we stopped at and then Cooperstown and there's like some other city kind of near Cooperstown we stayed at and like that whole area is just so beautiful. Those rolling mountains, the trees. Yeah, it's, it's such nuts. a contrast of New York City. 
I think that's a trope that people have a misconception of like the, the Northeast or like, because so I'm in collections too. And I, that's what we do for my work. I'm in commercial collections, like business to business collections. I'm not calling you for your credit card debt. Let's get that out in the open. <laughs> take you off any list. Oh, no. like, like companies that owe other companies money. Legitimately. He's, he's grabbing. He's grabbing. Little bit. Hey, dude, I collect from Ira. I collect from Ira. I, I, a, a big portion of my job is, um, talking and collecting from lawyers really? who are hard up and think that they, they're either that they don't owe the debt or that their client doesn't owe the debt. And we have to hammer down with the fact that our, our client, we collect for Google. Um, wow. yeah, they're one of our clients. We have a lot of clients. So it's, it's a legitimate debt that a, one business solicited off another business effectively. And our clients provided invoices, you know, it, it, it just represents a, a, a past due. Like when you don't get when you get your electric bill, you don't pay it. It's a past due. It happens from with company to company, that, you know. So we're just calling on that on that stuff, and it's like still owed back to that company. We don't take we just take a little percentage of it, you know. We don't own it. We collect it for you. It's still owed to you. We just chop out a little bit on the on the, on the back end. You know what I mean? That's Ch commercial Ch collection. Chalaga in the chat says, "This is Berserker. You will pay." <laughs> Okay. Right, yeah, a, a berserk collection. Listen up. <laughs> so I call all over the country. I get a good assessment of how you know, you know. I'm not sure what led us into talk like that. What were we just talking about? I go off into tangents. Um, uh, upstate New York. You're talking about being in the Adirondacks growing up. Oh yes. So you know what? Spending time up there, and and uh, people don't realize it's a trope that uh, people I think think of like uh, oh yeah i'm talking to people outside of new york there we go that's what i was saying and i say that i'm from buffalo and they're like oh how how, how far are you from new york city i'm like oh five hours <laughs> yeah with, with good don't drive. realize that it's like it's on the other side of the city not only that dude i think people think like um what you were saying about the scenery up here it's absolutely beautiful and i yeah. could take a ride i can get on the throughway here hop on a throughway and take a five minute ride and i'm in like straight up farmland yo like a five minute ten, 10 minute ride outside of buffalo you're straight up in farm farmland like something that you wouldn't discern from like uh out maybe rolling down south to be honest with you and i think that that's lost on some people because you get the whole rust belt feel and then you look at buffalo it is a rust belt city you're just talking about it's an old city it's got old architecture but yeah. it's kind of an outskirt city and i'm kind of on the outskirts of an outskirt city right so five minutes on the road and I'm in, you're in beautiful uh, scenic scenery, dude. Like you were just saying, especially when the, when the uh, weather gets a little colder after summer and the leaves start to change, it's beautiful. Yeah. So that's a, uh, yeah. And then uh, we, I had a great childhood came up. I'm married. Now I work, we work from home and uh, this whole walkabout, as far as getting into the research and whatever that I do, I was big into listening to, to the toe. And same for everybody in Sadly, the chat, same. everybody in the chat, <laughs> always lowercase the toe. T O E. T O E, lowercase the toe. <laughs> Listening to him, you know, and great, uh, like Graham Hancock, yeah, uh, Randall Carlson for ancient megaliths and stuff. That got me really into it. Um, and then I was the, the, uh, the connect. What, one thought that I remember having, Sean, is like the myth of the uh, the flood myths being similar.
throughout the old religions. And I, I, I started trying to figure out that, you know, and then I started watching stuff. And I'll tell you what, the first time I heard about Tartaria, man, I have to give Matt from Quantum of Conscience uh, a shout out here. And he, he called us out too recently professionally so but I'll, i appreciate that matt yeah <laughs> dude that's he's his his channel is actually where it's kind of a little bit you wouldn't necessarily think that but i definitely heard the term tartaria and mudflood from matt and uh but i was i got into it initially from yeah like from graham hancock and stuff like that and i still think the work that graham hancock does is cool and i'll, I'll cite even brian forrester it's Brian with a B-R-I-E-N, Forrester, and he does a lot of work in Peru. And uh, the megalith, the megalith down in like uh, Ollante Tambo and Puma Punku in Peru and in, in, in southern yeah. Chile even. Um, or Peru and um, I forget the other one, maybe not Chile. Yeah, I think it is Chile. But yeah, so I, I got into it from there and I'm, these ancient civilizations have the all have a similar uh flood myth you know Manoa and then Gilgamesh in uh, Sumeria even in like Utnapishti in India and that really sparked my interest right and then I, that led me into mud flood with Philip Drazinin and that's kind of the time I started listening to Owen too so the walk and then when my baby girl was born two years ago I, that really drove me back to Christ you know and I, like I said to full circle with the whole being raised Catholic and that whole dog, you know, I kind of escaped the whole boy, the whole negative aspect of that, that could happen with yeah. the altar boy stuff. And I, that's all <laughs> I'll say about that. Yeah. But it was still a little dogmatic and maybe that's what pushed me to the astronomy so much. Um, but having my baby girl and that and, I think I align more Christian now because I read the Bible and it's all about the word and wherever I have the communion with my Lord is, is my church. I still respect that, but, um, it's where I'm at now and, uh, come full circle. It's, it's good to be with the community like the bears because you guys are all pretty Absolutely. much, we all align kind of similarly with our, our faith and our religion and, um, just a bunch of crushers, you know, <laughs> yeah. Christian warriors. That's how yeah, I look like, at it. It's like definitely, a, definitely a good tribe where, I mean, there, there's definitely disagreements. I mean, the other day we were having a conversation about Bitcoin, you know, and it's like some people really like it. Some people don't, you know, and then we're talking about like different denominations or different um, um, interpretations of the Bible or different translations of the Bible. And it's like, there's disagreements, but at the end of the day, there's just that trust. Like you're in my tribe. Like, I know you're not lying to me. I know you're not deceiving me. I know you don't hate me. We just disagree, you know? Right. And like, so the discussions are healthy. Like, everything is just so, it's like, let's try to, like, figure this out. Not, I need to prove you wrong or else you're my enemy and I hate you and I'm going to call you bad names and, you know, never associate with you ever again. There's just, like, this healthiness to it where even if we do disagree or have different interests or whatever, different backgrounds, different stories, different places in our life. Like there's just this common thread of like tribe, <laughs> like this is my tribe, you know? And that's just so great. I love that. I like it too. Dude, Shout my heater my just bears, kicked on in the base. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry if that, if you guys can hear that, the heater on in the background, if that noise just kicked on for you guys, if it's really 
no my apologies. It's the heater. I'm in the basement. My, my bear den is in the basement. <laughs> uh, that's what happens when you have a wife and kids. Yeah. <laughs> you take whatever I don't space mind it. you can get. Yeah, you're like, I have a little closet, but it's my closet, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Dude, you know what? I, <laughs> I drilled my head the other uh, a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, about a month ago, on the rafters down here. Like, drilled myself to the point of fell down on the stairs like uh knocked out for a second i think got up went upstairs because i heard i thought my baby girl was crying i had my headphones on and i looked at my phone and i seen babe come up here so i just bolted and as soon as i hit up hit up the stairs I, i'm in the basement and thankfully i had my hat on one of my straight brims <laughs> but i drilled the top of my head on one of the joists right and then I next thing I realize I get up and I'm on the stairs and I'm seeing yellow stars. And then I realize I'm going up because I still think something's wrong with my, my daughter. So I get up and I run back, run upstairs, get my bearings right. And um, my daughter had accidentally hit my wife with the remote control. And it was actually my, my wife who was hurt. Oh, right. No. And, and she my daughter was crying because she was scared, you know, and uh, Rachel said, come up here in that text. So I just bolted, you know. And I fell down, went up the stairs, and I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? And then I feel my head all of a sudden, you know, leaking, like leaking. And I haven't hit my head or cut my head open in a while. And you know how when you hit your head open or if you cut your head open, it leaks. And uh, I feel that warm thing coming out. And, like, there's – I put it on my hand, and, it, like, there's blood coming through my – this is kind of graphic. I'm sorry. but And my uh, daughter was like, oh, my God, Daddy. So, yeah, that uh, – <laughs> Yeah, she's getting double. The, <laughs> It's like, like my uh, parents are dying. Comes with the territory. <laughs> she still brings it up sometimes because she's seen some of the dots of the of it on the on the carpet, and she's I seen the boo boo daddy. You know, boo boo. I'm like, yeah. But dude, if I didn't have my hat on, huh. Oh. Yeah. And sometimes that's a good lesson though, right? You want to teach the kids that that's not a big deal, right? That like people do get hurt. That you do need to like get up and that boo boos oh, aren't man. the end of the world. <laughs> The, the story gets even funnier too because my wife was like pleading with me to go to the hospital and it's during this whole time and i'm like no absolutely not. i'm like actually i posted i dude, will I posted not be muzzled a over a boo-boo absolutely and I, i've had my head cut open a couple of times um absolutely not i'm like wrap my head up and i posted pictures on my ig of me wrapped up actually oh yeah with that Funny, funny story about having a bear den in the basement. There you go. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Yeah, the chat is. Uh, chat says, "What else are you doing in the basement?" That's <laughs> where I. That's where my office is. <laughs> oh Jesus. Oh jeez. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll. I'll, uh, I'll. Hey, I. I hold thy salt. Okay, I'll. Uh, I'll broadcast <laughs> my. My search, all day yeah. long. Oh yeah. Same, what? Yeah. What would? What? What would you do? <laughs> Keep that battery. You got to keep the battery. You know? yeah, yeah, hold thyself. That's right. For any of you cubs out there, Pumpy. <laughs> yeah, looking at you, Pumpy. Uh. Nah, Pumpy. Hey, man, you know what, man? Uh, shout out to the young bears, though, dude. Honestly, we'll say something about that. I didn't realize how great when he went on uh, row bear uh, hanging with the bears. That was great. I didn't realize how young Pumpy was. You know, Dick Pound bear also. If you guys can hang around with the bears at your age, you've already ha you already have a leg up because I – at your age, man, if I were to have the bears at your age and stick around with it, I, I don't know. There's no telling where I would be right now or yeah. any one of us who are my age or Sean's age or anyone. So 
you take your knocks and you take your hard knocks with the bears. And I guarantee you that it will uh, be beneficial to you in the future. So, and not just, I, I just know that Pumpy's young and Dick Pound's young. Any other, and Jonah Bear might be a young, young gun or two. Anyone out there who's a young cub that's in the sleuth or whatever, or bear adjacent, you know, hang around because you see what's going on on the Bear Taria app with dudes that have families and crush and, and have uh, um, land or whatever that you might like to have. Being around this community will rub off on you. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Stick around. And listen when they give you warnings. <laughs> yeah, and don't be a little. If if you get your balls, but your, your your chops busted, it's because yeah. it's because you're a part of the group. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Love that. Um, well, yeah, I wanted to get into. Can you? Um, anyone out there? I think most of us are kind of familiar with it, at least at a little bit. Um, that are like directly fans or kind of involved in this community. But for anyone that might be tuning in that is not familiar with it, can you just kind of explain? what Tartaria is and the theories about it. Just like some interesting, some interesting theories that are kind of crucial to understanding what it's all about. Yeah, definitely. So we think that what we see in the architecture here and in places that we would call the new world uh, reflect architecture that's in the old world. And uh, not, not only that, but um, similar uh, building styles and building um, units like the red brick that you can find at the bottom of Niagara Falls, also in New Zealand. They're all the same size and scale. It speaks to a, a universal, you know, empire that was here prior that we like to refer to kind of cliche, kind of a, a broad term of Tartaria, whereas the central district Tartaria probably was in northern Siberia, the Russia area, but there, I think that there were nodes all over the place in different sectors and they were called different things that I'm, I'm kind of getting it in a, a mindset of referring to as the old world because we're trying to hammer down some definitions now get a little bit more I guess serious if you will with that and um, boy I know Tartaria I, I, I hate to say this but it kind of becomes a little bit cliche and like you said about you know flat earth it kind of gets Man, I don't. I don't even want to make this parallel about that because I, you know, I, it's it's in my title of my my channel and everything. But in order to like progress the research forward and be more professional about it, we kind of got to nail this type of type of stuff down. Yeah. So whereas we would say stuff might be Tartaria, when I look at, for example, architecture here in Buffalo, well, to be more specific, actually, it might be the Moorish sector of that old empire or that old worldwide empire that spanned from here to Europe, to Moscow, to New Zealand, because it's all very similar architecture, uh, yeah. similar architecture. Also, it incorporates the whole mud flood idea where it seems that there was some kind of mud inundation. I don't know what the mechanism is. We're still trying to figure that out. They came in and either buried these things or they used that excess mud to terraform around and had to dig down and find, for example, a radial street pattern design in Buffalo. So it looks like there was an old empire that spanned the globe that was systematically and is being erased from history, his story. And that's kind of what we're looking into. Trying to find that, trying to find literature and data about old 
the old world, uh, the nexus point being Tartaria, I guess in Northern Russia, because everything, all the buildings look the same. Do you think it all came from Northern Russia or do you think that was just like a major hub of it? I think that was a major hub of it, to be honest with you. I think another major hub, honestly, Sean, was like the Ottoman Empire in the Middle East and in Saudi Arabia, to be honest with you. And I I love how Owen has broke that spell recently because it it, kind of clicks so hard with this because I, yeah, I think that that was a major hub of it. And maybe what's in the new world was kind of like the outskirts of it, even though it was still under the same umbrella, if you will, of the old world. And Philip Druzinin calls it the Rus Empire. And I, I think that's more accurate to say that who might have been the controllers at the time. The, like they, Kievan Rus? Like the... Like Rus, the, like Russia, like uh, Rurik. Like the Russians, from, yeah. Right. And that's even, you know, you get back into the Rurik, the old Russia stuff. That that actually trails back to the Vikings too, you know, to be honest with you. Because that's where that term, like, czar comes from, is Caesar. Yeah, so it's, so it's very I, interesting. Do you think right. that that whole theory of like the Roman Empire never actually died, it just kept evolving and changing places? Do you think and that certain, might, you know, just... I have, I have a certain theory about that that's kind of a, a side tangent of as to like, I think it all stemmed, everybody thinks of, well, yeah, I think it's definitely the same the same thing, like, like you are saying, the old, the old Roman Empire as it was before the Holy Roman Empire. Yeah, I think it kind of continued on and just... Uh, rebranded itself under the whole Roman Catholic thing and that uh, the whole Jesuit thing or whatever, you know, it just rebrands, there's merit rebrands, there rebrands, because rebrands, it is. I think yeah. that's what it is. Um, the, the it's like Babylon, th- right? I mean, it's like mystery Babylon exactly. or whatever. And then so, that turns into the Romans and then that boom. turns into the, you know, and it just keeps going. I can draw a thread to that. This is my grand theory. It is Babylonian and it goes back to the Phoenician tribe. Yeah. Okay. And I wanted to be very specific here because a lot of people get turned off when I say the term Phoenician because I've literally heard people say that, oh, well, when you say Phoenician, you mean Jews. Right. Yeah. Uh, abso- absolutely not. When I say Phoenician, I mean Semitic. Definitely. Because Semitic also means Muslim. Arab, Arabic. Yeah. Now, when, I, when, when you say, when, when I reference, for example, for any of you mainstream, if, if there's any lead or if there's any, uh, yeah, like Legion out there, or like Vox's Legion out there, for when I say, when I say uh, of Carthage, um, Hannibal of Carthage, do you think yeah. of him as a Jew? Right. Oh, yeah. no, but he, he's, he's no, well but he, known but, to be African, right? With black right well, he's he would be, but he's he was he's Phoenician, Carthage, he was yeah, Phoenician, he was a, Phoenician yeah. aligned, right? Because Carthage yeah. is a um, was a um, uh, republic of Phoenicia. So yes, Sean, you're right. It stems from Babylonia, and it's it's like the common, it's the common thread. It's the religion back to, to the to the sands of time is what how Owen puts it, and when Owen says that, he's absolutely right when he says that we're misidentifying the Illuminati as the government or whatever you want to say the Illuminati whatever. He was so right, and I think that was so crucially important. Because when everyone's like, oh, it's the government, that's how I was, Sean, when I read Behold a Pale Horse and, and Alex Jones out in front of the Bilderbergs and, you know, it's like, oh, the whole government. I didn't have the discernment to be like, eh. You know, yeah. it's, it's all, <laughs> yeah. the government yeah. will always be there. Like that slow-moving Leviathan picking up people who don't want to, and it's just going to enforce the, the, 
the general zeitgeist of the people. Okay. What the, the cabal is or whatever you want to say, it's a religion. And I think that it is a derivative of the religion of the Phoenicians. Now, uh, warning and spoiler alert for anyone who want to look up the history of the Phoenicians, because it has everything to do with, I think, the A word, the A, Adreno word, 100%. Well, 99.5, in my opinion. Now, it's a Babylonian religion, and it stems from Phoenicia, and the Phoenicians were the Sea Peoples, the whole sea thing, the whole maritime thing, okay? And um, Phoenician red, this is very important. Phoenician red, if you look it up, is actually purple. Phoenician red is Tyrian purple, the purple of the Roman elite. That's the common thread that runs through it all. And that's what you hinted at when you said it's just the same thing changed. And I think that that common thread is that religion that's been, that, that exists as the underhand cabal, Illuminati thing yeah. ever since then. That's what I think it is. So it changes its face and it, what, what originally, because they say the Phoenicians died out, but I think that they kept going in their, in their uh, religion and that's how they hide. That's my grand theory. Yeah. And they're, and they could be the ones that are responsible for being the controllers now or whatever. You know, that's, that's kind of how I see it because I never knew of the Phoenician red until I realized and looked it up and that it's actually Tyrian purple. And it seems because, because the, you know, Hannibal invaded Rome and they say that his campaign failed, but if he actually seeded that, that, that thread of that religion in there, did he actually fail? You know what I mean? Yeah. If that makes Absolutely. any sense. Yeah, like it would be like, because I've heard the, the phrase used like mystery Babylon, where it's yes. basically like a secret cult of the people who are like the real rulers, like the royalty. You like go. you said, like purple's their color, and it's just know. kind of like the secret knowledge they have. Um, but yeah, it's like they don't really care about the government or who's in charge or whatever. It's just all about... Um, Constantly, like you said, just constantly rebranding. It's like yeah, they move to Rome, and then when their empire collapses, they just there's this little secret group, this little secret cult, just moves on to the next place. And it's, it's and they it's let echoed. us destroy. <laughs> it's echoed. Know, they just keep moving and keep moving and keep moving. Like they don't really have any allegiance to like tribe or like region or anything like that. They're just this kind of secret little cult that you know is running the running, calling the shots behind the scenes. Allegedly, could it be to he to he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, theory. This is all theory, right? We don't really but know. But yeah, so it moves from like, so it moves from the Babylonian Sumeria to the Egypt, ancient, uh, the religion, to Greek, to Roman, and then the Holy Roman Catholic. That's kind of like the, the lineage of it. And yeah, and with that, then you start to extrapolate and say, well, what what is the whole construct of ancient Greek and Rome? It's yeah. just, was it just this whole the whole construct of that whole lineage being, um, I, guess, I don't know, constructed, made up along the way. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then it's in our textbooks. Yeah. What they want us to read is in our textbooks. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we call it. That's why, you know, that's, it's a, a, a broad swath. That's why we call it his story. I don't even like to use that word when I'm um, referencing it. I want to say timeline, like a proper timeline now, because I think that's in with their whole, 
because even, you know, they say that, you know, this is the whole thing, faux Nisha, faux. Everything's faux, that's fake. And they, they created the, what we use for our library or for, for our, our alphabet is the Phoenician alphabet, for sure. So it's like, and then you say that the whole English language is the language of spelling, you know, spell ing. Yeah. Yeah. When, I, when, when yeah. Owen ladles gravy on that and how he, when, what he takes, like, I think that they, they kind of do that stuff on purpose to confuse us because we don't have the proper words to explain everything. Like the word whole, like the duality in these words can mean an empty whole, or you could be whole in spirit. It's confusing. Yeah. So when he was explaining that was super gravy and like the whole thing with Latin, because it, when you speak in Latin, you speak in context also in the feminine or masculine. So in, in that sense, it's like hard to lie. Right. Um, like when you're speaking Latin, you're speaking truth. Yeah. When he was saying that, I was like, Whoa, that's, I'm going to learn Latin. And you know what? Rest in peace, Veritas bear. I didn't know that, uh, that he spoke Latin and, um, and he just seems like he was a, uh, Owen says he was a Catholic monk, so uh, he seems like he was a, a very good man. So, um, yeah. shout out to Veritas Bear, rest in peace, brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll meet him one day. That's right, <laughs> we'll finally meet him in person one day. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, so all that's that, a that, roundabout. That whole, that whole thing about Latin being like the royal language, and then they would make the masses speak other languages like French and German and English and Spanish. You know, it's like, let the peasant class, let the underclass speak their little stupid slave language with each other. Right. That's why royalty specifically always used Latin and they write Latin letters to each other and communications with each other. Dude, how Owen put it, like, you know, yeah, Latin was the uh, original where it's all derived from, I guess. Right. Or maybe even Sanskrit was the original from that. I don't know. But how Owen put it when he was like. You have the Romance languages like that are good for poetry, like Spanish and French. And then German is really good, like mechanically for like building stuff. And then to extrapolate off that or like a, to keep in mind that esoteric end of it, it almost like a logical thought progression is like they literally created English purposely for spelling to like confuse us, to keep us like that slave state, you know? Absolutely. If there's intention there. <laughs> Maybe. Let's get, because I want to ask you about um, the Buffalo World Fair. Was it called like the Pan-American Exposition? Is that actually oh, what it was called? Yeah, Buffalo was the Pan-American Exposition. Yep. Um, well, what the heck happened? <laughs> the more I look into it, like not even just the architecture and everything, but all the stories around it, like the, um, what was it? Like the lights? The, all these yeah. I'm showing a picture right now of the light tower, but like yeah. all the like ten thousand lights they had, all this electricity they had, um, yeah. all the just you know impressive structures that are just to this day unexplainable. But so then the story... also like the elephant thing, the electrocuting the elephant, and the president assassination, and the okay. fires and the riots. There's just like all this madness, but then also just <laughs> <laughs> this unbelievable, unexplainable architecture there. There's some serious gravy right there. They, okay, yeah. so the elephant ladle, thing, ladle. though, <laughs> yeah, the elephant thing is interesting because I didn't know that that was uh, in conjunction with the Pan American Exposition. But I can, I have insight there. If if it was uh, Edison and if Edison was actually yeah. electrocuting the elephants, if, if that's what you're referencing, yeah, that was um, what they tell us is that was because he was he was in competition with Tesla 
for his um because uh edison was promoting and a promoter of direct current and that was another thing with tesla right but buffalo he like helped like or he, he did some kind of thing where he was helping the buffalo world's fair people with like advice or helping like i don't know what the right terminology he was is, the story goes is that he, he was able to harness it, yeah he was able to harness the electrical so it goes he was able to harness electric electricity from niagara falls and transport it to another place and that's where they got the energy from for those lights allegedly could it be that's what the mainstream <laughs> says now now in that story in wrapped up with that story is the whole his whole competition with with edison because what what uh, tesla was working on allegedly was ac current which is what we use today uh, which is it's able to transmit electricity over a long distance, whereas opposed to Edison, direct current DC only trans transports it over a short distance, and you need ge power generating places a lot more places than you would if you just used AC. So in in that competition, effectively Tesla won out because of the fact they say that his was able to transmit electricity over a longer distance. Okay. And that's the whole, I think it was a construct there just to get that idea laid out that energy could be late, could be sent over distance. Meanwhile, it, you know, this is kind of layered here. I think that that's just the whole construct, but anyway, that's the competition between Edison and Tesla. One portion of that whole competition was Edison, unfortunately electrocuting elephants as a spectacle to be like, you don't want to, this is what you can, this is a possibility of what can happen with alternating current. Do you want this? Yeah. You know, trying to be a magician about it, like showing the worst that can happen for meanwhile, it actually can power the lights of the, so, so, so Tesla's AC won out and that's what powered the Pan American exposition allegedly. And that's how they introduced the whole electrical grid system. Uh, yeah. from a central uh, power generating point, they're able to, like, for example, the falls. Now they have power generators, but um, that whole idea was meant to lay out the fact that they can actually transmit electricity over a very, very long distance. So, and then, so that, so then the Pan American Exposition was effectively an uh, effort to expose or to, to show that, to showcase that, to showcase not only that, but uh, the grandeur of the old world, because effectively they say that all those structures in the electric tower was built by plaster in the style of old world classical architecture. So that's the whole thing with uh, Tesla. He won out the competition over Edison. It was his technology, the alternating current that got the power from, the, the Ni from Niagara Falls to the Pan American Exposition to light all those buildings, allegedly. And um, it was uh, <laughs> 10,000 lights, they said, right? You see the pictures? I, can you see them? They're, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, I'm kind of showing a couple on my stream now. It's okay. Like, it's unbelievable. I mean, this was what, 1901, right? Or 1902? 1901. Yep, 1901. Probably 1901 into 1902, when, I think, is when the actual fair lasted, I think. I mean, did they even have cars? They did have cars, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just so mind-blowing because it's like they're trying to tell us the story, but it's like looking back, it's like 
How did they build this stuff? Horse and you know, buggy? Like, and a real, yeah, <laughs> they and have a, people, they've literally like slave children pulling carts down the street with all these giant stone blocks but, and stuff. But here's like, the deal, though. Here's the deal, though, Sean. With with the, the, the mainstream that they put out, it wasn't massive blocks. It was just plaster, right? And they were. And yeah. if you think of it in that context, they say plaster and lumber. Then it begins to be feasible. But the argument that we're saying is, see, I can go to the Albright Knox Art Gallery right now or the Buffalo History Museum right now in Delaware Park. And that's solid marble, solid blocks. What we're saying is all those buildings were built like that and they're bullshitting by saying they're built by plaster. We just can't prove it because they knocked them all down. Like a good example for your casual or for the for the for your listeners that are the casual um, old world researcher, Tartaria researcher, just go to the Pan American Exposition for Wikipedia and look at all the buildings that were demolished. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, you know, I have a, a couple of pictures kind of scrolling on my feed right now, but there's just no way these are plaster. I mean, these are giant domes, giant statues. Like if it was plaster, um, and Howdy Mikowski has good videos on it too, where he talks about, Definitely. like imagine the, the insurance liability. Like you have some of the richest, most famous people, like the president was there, other presidents from around the world were there. And they're going into these giant dome structures, these in, intricate dome, huge giant buildings. And you're telling me that it was just temporary plaster? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we don't buy that whatsoever The anymore. risk about that is just so insane where, like, do you think the president would just go into this place? Like it seems, without seeming structurally unsound if they were just building these just for appearance sake. And then that's the thing, like it, it, like literally. So if you look at portions of those pictures, it looks like you could be in, um, you know, the old like Italy, France. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's, it looks like. Is like Rome. It looks like ancient Roman architecture. Like, what? Yeah, exactly what you'd find in like the Vatican. And then that's the thing. It's like, wow, what's what was going on here? I I, I look into this stuff. You guys can see it on my on my channel. Um, I look up that when I get into, that's the thing too, when I get into, so I'm in Buffalo and I have the ability to get on, you know, right in front of some of this stuff and, and map it against what we're given in the old maps and stuff like that. And when I get in to look at the mainstream stuff and the literature they present, there's anomalies all over the, not, not only anomalies, but like the numerology is crazy because I just come up with a lot of threes and sixes and nines that's that's another yeah. thing to a whole nother subset yeah. of it but <laughs> yeah the tesla i'm not lying when like i the, say that you know the secret of the universe is three six and nine yeah it seems to be you know yeah. if that's the case and that's the case <laughs> yeah. i can get that you know tell how the how reality breaks itself down but i think that that was identified and usurped in a certain way and that's which is why they put it out there almost like a mock you know it's in fitting yeah. with their mo but then that gets, yeah, so I, as I do the research in this stuff, man, stuff doesn't add up. Yeah. Dates are hard to distinguish and these prominent, like, for example, I'm doing the, the Basilica right now, researching the Our Lady of Victory Church. It's, it's the first basilica, they say, this is, I never even knew this, first basilica in the United States is the Basilica of Our Lady of Victory if you look that up now, Sean, it's pretty cool. It's got a couple of uh, really cool colonnades. Um, what is it? Our, Our, Lady oh, with... Our Lady of Victory Church, Buffalo. It it'll say Lackawanna, but it'll be Buffalo. Or oh, you could just do OLV, 
Our Lady of Victory, Buffalo. That's the one I want to do next. Yeah. And that has to do with uh, Father Baker. This is a cool trope, too. Father Baker is the father responsible for the orphanage in Buffalo. And the orphanage was right next to the Our Lady of Victory Church. Okay. And the whole orphan train subset of, of this research is, is a thing, too. Like how they, they reset the societies and they send orphans to cities to see the city, I guess. Um, so that's a that's a, a big video that I can do there. And um, he was, Father Baker was not only the, the, the head guy for the orphanage in Buffalo, but there's a common uh, thing that parents across Buffalo would say to their kid if they were bad, right? Every kid who's like my age and older definitely remembers their, their parents saying, oh, if you keep it up, I'm going to send you to Father Baker's. It was the Buffalo Orphanage. It's like, you know, it was kind of like a warning. Like, if you're bad, you're going to get sent to the orphanage. That's creepy. It is kind of creepy. It is. And, like, it kind of uh, hits full circle that, you know, I actually I got a, um, a comment on one of my videos about referencing this basilica. And I've been meaning to do it because it's another prominent um, architectural monument here in Buffalo on top of being a beautiful church. Um, somebody commented on my channel recently and said that i should do that so i just been looking at it you know well and so i have pictures up i'm looking at like google results for this the first thing that strikes my mind and i was going to ask you about this is um the cathedral battery idea yeah like somehow they're harnessing energy right or conducting little energy or making energy we and deduced it, just, it strikes deduced. me because it's always these two towers if you can see on my screen i don't know if you can or if my oh i have it here. in my mind's eye i know how it looks but it's two towers and then like a giant hall like there's always a giant hall that holds the people every sunday right or every day there's mass and then there's these two giant towers and then in the back on the opposite end of the two towers there's these giant dome and then there's crosses. And so there's theories that the crosses were some kind of electro conductor or transmitter. Yeah, we call them antiquitech. But like it's antiquity. also, and I'm going to pull this because it's it's the same as like Notre Dame. Like you look up all these old cathedrals that were supposedly built, um, you know, that hundred, hundreds and thousands of years ago. It's always these two giant towers, the hall with all the people in it. And then it's usually a dome or a spire in the back or in the middle. Do you have any theories about that? Because I've heard some people say that it, it might be like some kind of battery or some kind of energy harnesser. Yeah, so think about it. Yeah, with the whole phonetics of everything and fo, fo, uh, cathedral, cathode, cathedral, cathode. Cathode, yeah. Right? Cathodedral. I think I've seen somebody note that. It seems, and we deduce, yes, because some of it looks like it was for a, a technology, even. And then when you incorporate the cymatic patterns that are on some of the windows, and the um, the stained glass windows, on some of those portal type of windows on the on the front face of them, also the organs, and the resonance and ha the harmonics of organs and vibrations and how Owen talks. So we've we've arrived at that by deduction, right? And there's also other channels that do things like um, that show how cities are kind of laid out. Like, like John Levi does a little bit of that as well. He's an OG. Yeah, he's, how yeah. cities are kind of laid out like circuit patterns, right? So yeah, by, de by deduction and deducing, it seems that they may have been using this stuff for, yes, either healing, healing of the body, you know, organs, pipe organs for your organs, or, um, 
you know, general vibrations of, uh, um, so with that, the, the shape of it, yeah, it looks like, it, like it could be a transistor cathode type of deal. And we deduced that they may have been for healing and they may have been doing certain things with water also that the way they make it into certain patterns in their artesian wells and how, uh, John Levi talked about this, how they separate it, like how water has memory. And if you separate it and put the certain vibrations into it, and when it comes back together and you pour it into a bottle, like a glass bottle, like how Owen um, advises that you do, yeah. that all, I think that all kind of relates to the same thing of your body can heal itself with proper vibration and, you know, good clean water that's been properly um, energized, if you will. I think that there's truth drops all over the place. Disney has a lot of them and my daughter likes it. And, you know, we're, I'll take care of that when I have to, but she's a big Disney fan. So is my wife. But when they <laughs> oh, talk no. about like water, yeah. yeah you know, hey, uh, um, a discerning eye. It's everything's under God first in my house. So when, when we have yeah. to address that, we will, but right now it is what yeah. it is. But yeah, they talk about water has memory in there. It's a truth drop. I was going to pull this up. I was going to talk about this last, but um, have you ever seen the Forbidden City in China? Oh, yeah, definitely. So there's this, I'm pulling up a picture right now, um, built in 1406, completed in 1420, apparently. Um, And it says, is it just me or does this look like a giant chip or part of a circuit board? Right. From a bird's eye view? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it is insane. Like it literally, and then I have a side-by-side comparison here. I think they say it's the biggest temple in the world or the biggest religious star temple in the world the forbidden city to be honest and stuff like that is just like how would you prove that and who really like who do you trust to really explain that but it's just so like jarring where it's just like what like there yeah, has how to be did they some do kind that? of truth to that you know right even is the one imitating the other or is it just some synchronicity like are people just not even connected like not even like it's some conspiracy where it's Excuse connected me. but is it just like you know, people who are trying to harness energy over here and people who are trying to harness energy over here just end up with the same results. And then parallel you see thinking these, type of deal. Yeah, yeah. You see these parallel results of that, you know? Well, with that, I would think that maybe it would, they were connected because I think that we, what we're saying is that there was a realm wide, they were, they were, there was, they were in communication and I don't buy the whole land bridge thing and the whole Clovis yeah. Indians where they came from over the or the uh, Siberia land bridge up, up there from Siberia to, to Alaska that you know owen hinted on that recently and i've always thought that that was kind of hard to believe to be honest with you yeah same yeah (laughs) right facing you know he he makes the example of like all the megafauna that we had to go through and then we populated all these cities like that but then you see things that they're finding in the um amazon rainforest that show these mega cities that have been covered over, not just the ones that they found, but the, the, the rainforest has overcome hundreds and hundreds of acres of miles of acres of um, pyramids and, and complexes that they have yet to uncover. So that, yeah, the whole, the whole Clovis Indian theory that they came from the land bridge, I don't buy that. And then, so with that to deduce, it seems like there was other modes of, of, of contact. I think, I think it's from water. But there is, yeah, so this, I think the similar architectural buildings that we see, especially with stuff like that, you know, the um, Forbidden City, because there's stuff like that in, in um, Indonesia as well, like Borobudur. I recommend looking that up 
Borobudur. That's in Indonesia. That's crazy. They have crazy stuff in Sri Lanka. The the megaliths that they have in India, I argue, are some of the most ornate that you'll find almost anywhere in the realm. Up there with uh, the Asian stuff and even the South American stuff. In, Indian megalithic stuff is just absolutely, unbelievably fascinating. So, yeah, there was just seems like there was a realm-wide empire and what they're yeah. told <laughs> what they tell us in history that we were all separated and stuff that doesn't add up and it doesn't add up in what we see also because there's similar stuff that are spanned across continents that look very uh, look exactly alike yeah well and so the, another question is uh i had for you is what is up with the airships do you think that's the connection yeah. Okay. Then there you go. Yeah. Okay. Then that could be the connection is of course, that's a whole nother subset of it. Yeah. So I said maritime and I wasn't even thinking of that. Of course, you know, one of the uh, theories that we have is that there were air, there was airship travel and it's in with the whole, it would have been a lot cheaper to do that, you know, and then they, they killed that whole industry because they wanted to bottleneck it and sell it out, sell flights. If it was so, so inexpensive for people to travel traverse the realm, you know, that's not going to be good fitting for their narrative when they're trying to separate everybody, you know, or if you could take a diversionary trip up to the North pole, Hyperborea type of deal, you know, I mean, they, they can't have that out there. So that's a great point, Sean. Yeah. We do think that there was certainly airship travel. A lot of these towers and these stations, for example, like the Buffalo central terminal, I think, and I put out there before that was probably a docking station for them. Yeah, yeah you had a good video on that. Yeah, how it's oh, it's thanks, the, definitely these giant hangers. It looks like, and it, then they it? just make them. They make some excuse to turn it into something else, right? But it's like these it looks giant like, stone yeah. hanger-looking things where they almost like docking bays or parking garages, almost. A lot of it's just like the Occam's Razor. Like the easiest, the easiest answer is probably what it is. You know, it's like it, they look like straight up old hangers. You know, yeah. I have a picture right now of yeah, it's like a airship docking to like a tower, and uh, you know, it's kind of like offloading or unloading people or cargo. Yeah, and How can we it's just about in that the in air, yeah. and it looks like the Eiffel Tower. And I've heard that theory too that like the Eiffel Tower was not only like an uh, energy transmitter, dual purpose for docking, but it was also well. like a docking bay for airships. Yeah. Also, it could be a charging thing because like, what were they using? Yeah, uh, that's true. Were yeah. they charging the airships also um, off of some aether energy type of deal? You know, and that's the whole thing. That's a whole nother aspect of this research is the whole energy shift and how the um, modes of transportation seem to have been, uh, or at least, um, I mean, I think a lot of the old cities were, were canals. So, you know, they, they bottlenecked it all effectively. Hid, hid the fact that they can, I think that we can assess free energy from the aether and also obtain it much easier from moving water if all the cities were properly radialed out like canals. Um, they hit all that, they stopped all that and, and uh, they bottlenecked it all so they could sell it all out and dole it all out, I think. Well, one of the theories out there. The robber barons, man. Yeah. <laughs> the, the robber baron, the robber barons of the steel age. Why do you think they call it the steel age? The words have meaning. The whole phonetic thing, you know, it's the steel age because it was stolen. Could it be? 
Yeah, could yeah, <laughs> could it be? That's a, you know that's cool too though, man. I like that. I've been listening to Tom Barnett lately, and I've been trying to be mindful of not making any claims or charges. You know, you know, and with talking with friends, you know, it's different. But um, to be mindful of that uh, with the whole fundamentals of law video that he put out recently was really, really cool. I, I get into that big time because it it kind of butts up with the research that I do. You know, knowing your your law and, and everything, and because uh, effectively they kind of grabble that also our law and everything, and it has to do with the language, you know, and Black's law and all that. It's all kind of interrelated. So this is, you know, in that sense, this rabbit hole, Sean. You know, I not to boast about it, dude, but I'm competitive. I, I grew up playing sports. Um, it's it's kind of like. Yeah. This one kind of encircles all of it, you know. The, you yeah. know, it, it incorporates the whole the realm Earth type of deal because I like to get away from saying uh, flat Earth too. Yeah. I also would like to get away from labeling everything Tartaria, you know. Even though it's definitely, I don't want it to be cliche. I want to be more professional about it because I think here was a Moorish section, so it's I got to be mindful of that, and it's just all an effort to make. Um, make it a little bit more um, serious, I guess, if you will, because I don't, I don't want to go the route of like people hear Tartaria and they think of the same thing like flat earth. That's all I'm saying with that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, you kind of hit ladling. <laughs> yeah. That's the best way to do it. That's the best way to say it. Um, we got, get it back to Buffalo because that's kind of definitely your expertise. And again, check out his videos; they're they're amazing on it. But um, do you think? Because you just put out a two part series, but do you think that uh, Buffalo is the most well designed city? Great question. Um, I don't have enough breadth of, of knowledge for reference as far as um, knowing other city patterns to be to honestly say that, Sean. But in with me being competitive and you know having that type of characteristic. <laughs> yeah. I'll say that Buffalo is incorporating yeah. the whole, the, the radial street pattern design where it says the, the street layout is, is radial radiating out from important, powerful monuments, incorporating that with the fact that of all the Northeastern cities, like even New York city, Boston, Chicago, Philadelphia, Buffalo is the only one that has the, like we said, the sunset over the water. And in with how you said it's very important with the water, how people, it makes a very big impression on people when you see the sunset and you incorporate the water aspect. Yeah, I think, and I said it in my last video that Buffalo is an extremely important city of the old world uh, because of the radial pattern, because of the uh, sunset over the water. And uh, you know what? To answer your question directly, Sean, yeah, Buffalo <laughs> is the best designed city in the that. realm. Yeah. There you go. Leave it to a berserker to say it too, right? I love that. There and you do you think, um, you kind of mentioned it in one of your videos, but I don't know if you ever explained it because I haven't seen every single video you've, you've made. But do you think the Bills, the Buffalo Bills team name comes from the fact that it was a power bill? like the Buffalo power bills because it was like the power factory of the East coast. 
that's a very good um, insight. And it certainly could be. I never even um, thought about that. And I, lo- I love that because I'm fancy myself half of a wordsmith, you know, and um, yeah. I like the etymology of words. It's a great insight. Is that what you're saying, like that spell like the buffalo yeah, bill, like the power right. bills? Like, yeah. And it also is in with, I'm trying to find, well, so buffalo before was New Amsterdam is what it's saying on old maps, right? Really? When, yeah, but I also thought that New York City was old New Amsterdam. So there's kind of, I'm trying to research that also. Um, that's a great insight there, Sean. That's gravy right there. I have to look into that report back. <laughs> of course. That's a thought. I think I'm pretty sure you mentioned it, but it, you didn't like extrapolate on it um, in one of your streams. But it just, yeah, that really made me think. <laughs> yeah. Because I was always confused about what is Bills. Like what? Like obviously that's the sports team. It means, you know, their logo is a Buffalo, but is I've never heard like a Buffalo called a Bill. Oh, okay. So there is a character <laughs> in history of the old Buffalo Bill. I believe. Oh, I wonder okay. if that's Buffalo a, I, okay. the like the Western guy that went in the Barnum and Bailey's Navy or traveled with the Barnum and Bailey set. I don't know if that's a, I don't know if there's a relation there, but that's certainly look, worth looking into because yeah, that's right. The actual, like the etymology of bill bills, bills like, yeah. the way it's referred. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, Great. I mean, I've just kind Great. of been, really been into that too. Like Owen brings it up on his streams a lot of the, and kind of what we're saying, like the spell casting of words and how oh, yeah, it's everything monetary it? is either like electric or water based. Yeah. Banks. Yep. Current. Flow, banks, current. Yep, freezing underwater. assets. Yeah. Yep. Like everything is, you know, downstream. That's flood, the whole thing. Current, That's why I always currency, harken like, back to yeah. the Phoenicians and the maritime thing. Like, and they created the, the alphabet. Like, I hate to always come back to that, but it's like, I, I just can't stop thinking about it when, it when this is brought up. Yeah. It's like all maritime stuff, dude. And then sunset over the water, you know, yeah, Buffalo. Um, there's very, there's something very esoteric about the water in maritime because it's like yeah. maritime law. And like what you're just saying, everything monetary seems to um, be it, it, etymology. How do you even say that? There, the etymology of it is like water. Yeah. Yeah, it's really I've never really like looked into that, but I'm just kind of, you know, just thinking about it and stuff. And then now it's like on my mind. So anytime I'm like opening up, like, <laughs> or thinking about my money, I can't like, stop seeing. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> and it, it points. Yeah, it uh, sticks out right yeah. like a sore thumb for sure. Yeah. You can't unsee it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, then what is, um, what is up with Niagara Falls? Is it man-made or... You know, what do you think about that whole idea of like those old power plants there that are no longer there? Yeah, I don't know so much if it's man-made. I've been thinking about that 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 recently though, Um, because there certainly seems to be something with the water and how they can almost like shape it. And Michelle Gibson does a lot of um, good videos on on water and water dams and water locks and um, the sloughs. now I can't tell you if it's. I believe that it's geological, in, in fact, in the fact that it's not man-made, but it may be man-influenced. And with those old power stations, Sean, I think that in with some of this architecture that we find here, that that was here also, even though they say they were all made in like the early 1900s. There are 
power stations down in the basin of the gorge that are right under the falls that they say they made them in 1913, 1910. And there's absolutely no, there's absolutely no footage of it whatsoever. And they're built in that old Roman classical style of um, Romanesque style, classical style with, with stone. Now, number one, J.P. Morgan has his fingerprints all over that with the power, um, uh, the power authority and how they completely usurped and went around the mills. I, I explained that pretty explicitly in one of my Niagara Falls videos. Um, and I think that that's all related to the fact that they, we found this stuff and they had to in with, you know, staying with the story that is mainstream, that everything was found after the 1700s. They had to change that history and they had to get a hold of it and you know, the first historian, they say, of the Niagara, of Niagara Falls, I forget his name, but there is a, a plant named after him. He was appointed by the power authority, that which was headed by J.P. Morgan. So the first historian of Niagara Falls itself was somebody appointed by J.P. Morgan. Now, that's, that's in the literature. That's uh, factually citable, and you can look that up. So to me, that just says that the person who has the, the final say on anything coming out as far as history is somebody who is of the plan, if you will. And those things look so old, Sean. And I just think that they were here. And there's the, in that I would highly recommend if anybody's interested is to watch my video on that. And John Levi actually shared that one too. And it details how they may have been buried and excavated. And what they would call as the excavation is what we think is the they say they built it. And of course, if you're going to build something in that location, one of the most prominent places in America, and you don't have pictures or video, at least, of building something that spectacular, there has to be questions. So I think that we, I think that they were there, Sean, and that we, we found them and we excavated those buildings and repurposed them, changed the entire history. Because again, J.P. Morgan's fingerprints are all over, all over that. So Nikola Tesla is on that too. I, I reference him in, in that because he's part of that whole story. Extremely interesting. Now I don't know if it was if it was effectively man-made. Maybe it could be of, of the old world, and we don't know how they did it or whatever. But I think that it's definitely a portion of the old world that we found and we um, repurposed. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love that. I love all that. You know, you can't ever find construction photos, but you can find the photos of the dam bursting and breaking. You know? <laughs> oh, that's a great point. Yeah, the mills. So the old mills that were used for tanning, the tanneries, the old Schulkopf, uh, Schulkopf dam. Yeah, that's what I'm showing right, right now. The Schulkopf power station. There you go. It's so like that all these pictures thing. of it leaking and breaking, but perfectly placed no construction camera. pictures yeah i make that point right there's, okay yeah. so there's no construction pictures like of the actual good... things in the basin but they have a camera footage like perfectly placed right across from it like it was you know and i said in the video it looks like the robert barons had themselves an accident yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, as well. That's how it is with a lot of that stuff too, like the World's Fair. Like there's never really good pictures of construction. And when there is, it's like the pictures, like the basically the buildings are already built and what they're kind of doing is like aesthetic work 
or they're you know they're doing kind of like the walkways <laughs> not like the actual building of the dome not the actual like scaffolding up all over the building with it like actually being assembled and put into place it's all this like basically people standing around the structures with shovels in their hands agree and if there are any ones of it like halfway up or halfway built they look fake sean they look absolutely fake they look like they're deep fakes from late 1800s uh and they were they could they did have the technology to do that back then for like with double exposure you know you can see it very clearly in old pictures where it looks like shadows that's just because it's overexposed people moving around um they were able to layer pictures back then so the ones that they do propose as legitimate construction photos of these buildings that we're researching they don't look they don't look they don't look proper they look off they look they look um altered yeah yeah it's all just so weird <laughs> very interesting very very, so I'm very i'm i'm blessed to be able to be in a city where it's all at my foot at, at, you know right out my my door pretty much yeah we had them so i i heard um in a howdy mikowski video he he mentioned nashville so now that i'm in nashville i'm kind of doing some research too and we have a little bit of it too um our the state capitol building is here yeah dude. it's definitely tar i mean it's definitely it's some boots on the ground bro tartaria whatever you want to call it mystery babylon whatever the empire whatever the secret people are or the ancient civilization building all this stuff is it definitely was in nashville too um let's try to see if i can bring up a picture yeah, that's that's one of the things. So if you're in, if you are, yeah, if any of your listeners are interested in this, if you go to my my YouTube page, and Sean, thanks again for letting me plug myself here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you'll you'll really like my the website that we have, the MeWe. And when I say MeWe, it's M E W E MeWe. And again, the link is uh, at the top of my page in the bottom right of my top picture. You'll see the link. And it, you can just look at it. Uh, you have to be send me an invite request. I have I, I do actually um, have to not vet, if you will, but um, I don't want any any just regular user to be able to go on there. So I do screen a little bit, and you do have to be invited or you got a request. But you can peruse or you can contribute. And if you have this stuff in in your neighborhood or your city. I mean, Sean, when I first started doing this, dude, I kind of recently leveled up. But um, when I first started doing this, I was literally making videos like my you can actually see in my old videos. I, I was like leaning my phone up against my, you know, like a book holder. And because I didn't have two screens, I didn't have the technology to be able to like record my screen. And I was just like literally re recording my screen from my phone and sending my, my sending my videos uh, to my youtube for my phone so like if you have this in your own city you can you can certainly do that and the website that we have allows you to share it you can share pictures you can share videos you can look at other people who are sharing videos in their city i post a lot of my stuff to there and people just post a lot of uh old world research up there it's, it's really cool highly recommend that you go check it out yeah i love that yeah definitely what I wanted to say too, because um, so in Nashville, have you have you seen or heard of the Pantheon? In Nashville, so we in Nashville. In the I'm middle familiar of Nashville. with the Pantheon of uh, in uh, Greece. In Greece, 
Okay, I got some gravy for you. <laughs> oh, ladle. <laughs> so there's this thing, and everyone in Nashville just brushes over it, like, oh, the Pantheon. Yeah, whatever. It's like this centennial park. There's this beautiful pond. There's these beautiful sceneries. But in the middle of this park is this enormous, I mean, it's literally built to scale exactly, the exact same dimensions, same columns, everything as the original Greek Pantheon. Oh, come on, really? Yes. And it's insane. And like when I went, I went with a friend who also is like kind of conspiratorial, you know? Right. And he was in town visiting. So I was just like kind of showing him the sights. And I was like, dude, let's go check this out. So, of course, we're walking around the pathway and it's all this like propaganda about women's rights and, you know, the suffrage movement and prohibition and all this like, you know, we built this giant pantheon and then we were going to destroy it. But someone, a rich anonymous donor came in and funded uh, the the preservation of of it, you know, of course. And so so this was about a year ago when I first moved here and my my thought and it was even right when I was first started kind of getting into Tartarian stuff was I was just thinking, like, how did they possibly build this? It's so unbelievable. And when you're standing there, it's these giant columns holding up this giant roof. And so I'm showing it on my screen here on the on the on the live stream. But the giant roof is one giant massive block. Like it's not sections. It's this enormous giant roof being held up by all these giant individual columns. So my thinking is how did they lift this thing up? Like how did they lift and put this roof on top of these columns back in like 1890 or 19, 1900 when they built this? You know, it's just so insane. And the story they tell you is just so, oh, we built it. It was a big project. You know, it was built in these years by these people for this reason, whatever. <laughs> and it's just right in the middle of our city. You know, no one really notices it. There's um, um, I, I'm, it, the term is blanking on me, but what is like the, mon- the Washington Monument? Uh, obelisk. Obelisk. Yeah, there's like obelisks all over the park and stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, so then I think it's a John Levy video. It's either John or um, Howdy. One of them brought up the Nashville World's Fair. And I didn't realize that's why it was built. And I didn't even really know that Nashville had a World's Fair. (laughs) That's why they say it was built. And uh, there's like all these like pyramid structures. And it's all this like ode to Egypt and stuff. And so it's exactly like a World's Fair thing. It's like this giant in the Centennial Park that now is just a giant park with the Pantheon. They had all these like little pyramids and little mini um, obelisks all over and these mini, like a mini version of the uh, Eiffel Tower. (laughs) So you're saying it has Babylonian references? Yeah, all over. You know, these same things. Sean, that's the common thread, dude. That's the common thread. And then they just destroyed it and no one in the city even thinks about it. They just go to this park all the time. They're like, oh, Centennial Park, whatever. Yeah, oh so yeah, let's I, I go. Presume... Let's go hang out in the park. It's like, and then uh, like what you're saying is like people are just walking over this stuff and walking by this stuff and not questioning it. It's like, probably there's no second similar thought to it, you know. It's probably similar to what happened in Buffalo then, because it it seems to have happened in every major city. There's like they're, you know, all the way even to San Fran, like we were saying, bro. It yeah. seems like, and it's like no one questions why it's destroyed. No one questions why, you know. <laughs> well, we are. And we are, yeah, exactly. It's like that's why I'm like I need to go to this park every day and see what I can find this time, you know. <laughs> so, so that's what, it opens up a whole world of, of exploration too. So it's like, you know, for people that have that uh, intrigue for for exploration and the passion the passion for the unknown, um, this is a whole um, rabbit hole where not only can you look into stuff that is 
extremely interesting. You just like Sean's explaining, you actually might have this stuff in your city. I'm not unique here, though I might be in the best designed city in the world or in the realm, you know, uh, you might have it also. So keep that in mind. Okay. Uh, next time you're walking by one of your uh, uh, old red brick building or a stone building that has columns on it, you know, keep an eye out, pay attention, you know, look around. It's like the whole, it's like the whole Goonies thing. I feel like I'm down in the tunnels with Chester Copperpot. <laughs> yeah. When I did the same thing too, cause like I, I used to live in San Diego for like the last 10 years before I moved here to Nashville. And I lived blocks away from Balboa Park, like just six blocks block from Balboa Park. And in the middle of Balboa Park is this insane architecture. It's like the same thing. And it's kind of the same concept. Like tourists go there, they take pictures. They're like, wow, this is cool. The Spanish built this in 1850. <laughs> or it was built in, you know, they had some other kind of like exposition they built in, you know, the, I think the 40s, 30s or 40s. So like, they're just like reading plaques that have the stories that the mainstream narrative is telling you. But then you look these buildings up and they're like the most intricate stone. Like I can vouch for Balboa Park. It is not more, it is not, um, uh, plaster. It is giant stone carved, intricate buildings, um, beautiful landscapes, like right in the middle of San Diego. And people just walk by it. They drive by it. You know, they don't even give a second thought to it. And it's just kind of mind blowing that when you do take a step back and start investigating and start walking and looking and asking questions, how you can see this, these fingerprints of the old world and you know, the lies start to unravel. It's like <laughs> all this stuff starts to kind of act like an avalanche flow down from that initial spark of what's happening. And then right. it's just an avalanche of questions and research and investigation after that. It's layered too. Not only visually can you see it, but like I said, when you, when you start looking up the research and the literature that they, that they put out on like, for example, the main website of these places and, um, so, and then you look up tangent articles to cross-reference, anomalies start to pop out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what, um, do you have any gravy to spill on the Chicago World's Fair? I haven't that seems at... like the one that everyone really talks about, like they're really interested in and kind of focused on. Yeah. Um, I guess one thing that sticks out there is it's the same kind of format where it looks like it's old world, okay? Architecture that's similar to like what you would see in Venice, okay? Or um, anywhere else over in Europe, somewhere in France, uh, France on the, you know, Southern Strip, whatever they call that. Um, one thing that sticks out as far as the Chicago World's Fair is that is the, I shared this before, is the beacon of progress is this huge massive obelisk that is the scale of it is hard to comprehend i'm not sure if you remember me sharing that but it allegedly was a obelisk and it's just massive sean it's if you can look up a picture of it and try to see it's called the beacon of progress and it oh, was yeah, yeah, yeah. okay it was a it was allegedly proposed to have been built by an architect and there were uh, renderings done of it. Okay. Now, what we're saying sometimes is these old renderings or lithographs might be actual pictures. And what, what I put out possibly is that those weren't actually 
renderings, those may be pictures of that thing because it might be, may have stood before. Those might be pictures of it actually standing. And the whole concept of the idea of it being put out to uh, uh, renderings and they were, it was the idea of an architect can just be a whitewash of it and be like, oh, well, like for example, if pictures ever leaked out about the thing actually being real, then they can just say like, oh, they were renderings from this architect. You know what I mean? And they can use it as a cover. Now, I don't think it was standing in Chicago. I think that that's where they planted that that construct as far as the whole narrative of the Pan-American expositions and the whole exposition. Like, I don't know, that thing might be like the pole this Arcticus in the North Pole. You know, the, the huge tower yeah. that is supposed to be the magnetic or that could be, it could have been standing at one point in time. Point being is the renderings that you see of that of that uh, beacon of progress might be pictures. That thing might be, might have stood at one point in time. It's super idyllic. You know, it's idol worship for sure. And that's kind of grabbled. But um, that's one thing that sticks out from the Chicago World's Fair is that is the whole, the whole story behind the beacon of progress. Because what I think is maybe that thing is, is was actually standing. And those are actual pictures of it, not renderings. And they had a whole, they had to construct that whole idea of uh, architectural renderings, renderings in case any pictures did leak out, they can just say that they were renderings from that architect. Yeah, definitely. But that thing is huge, dude. If you look at the scale of it, like absolute, like you can't even, like can't even fathom the size of it because the little smaller statues at the base of it are like, would be like individually like the size of um, the Statue of Liberty. Like you can't even fathom how big that thing would be. There's a picture on Google uh, of it compared to like the pyramids and the Eiffel Tower, and it's probably two times, almost two times the height of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, I think of the base <laughs> of the two, right? Yeah, yeah the base has got to be. I mean, it's it's surrounded by different different obelisks that are massive okay. Okay. <laughs> and they look right. tiny compared to the obelisk itself. So the story know? goes is some architect architect. I forget the name of him, um, thought of that in his head and made renderings and schematics of it, right? And it was going to be a feature of the Chicago exposition, but never came to fruition, okay? But some of those pictures and what we're saying, a subset of this research is like some of these old pictures that look like renderings or what they put out there as lithographs, maybe. They could be pictures and it's just a, a lie, effectively. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a... It's a theory, but you never know with what we're doing. It's, you know, it's a certain, it's definitely a logical thought progression. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, the Chicago, the Chicago one too is like, there's just no way that this stuff is plaster. Oh, and the I mean, canals too. Massive the, buildings. And yeah, what they, the, the, the lakes they made, the canals. Yeah. I mean, everything is just, there's no way they can just act like this is like some aesthetic little circus tent fair they put up for a year you know and there's just i don't know it just seems and that's and it's it's one of those things like everyone points to that one like everyone brings up chicago's world fair when they start talking about this topic and that to me also proves like that maybe there's some gravy there like maybe in the back of our minds we do know that that's the smoking gun or oh that, yeah that that is like the one that really will peel back the layers and prove some people right or, or wrong. Oh yeah. It's a, it, 
it all serves um there's all there's merit in in researching it all and yeah i think that that might be a nexus one yeah that's wild um and then what do you think about like what do you what spill some gravy on uh star forts what's up what's up with the star forts that's the one i don't really research a lot um but i would like to know if you if you know some stuff or have some insights or theories about them yeah well, they're, they, they're around here in the New World, okay, and what they are, Star Forts, actually in mainstream literature, and what you would find in a textbook was that they would be called Bastion Forts, uh, with a B, Bastion Fort. And what is uh, put forth in the mainstream as far as what the definition is and why they are shaped like that is to not have any blind sight as far as in defense okay so you can have it you can have arrow arrows fired from any point there's no blind blind spot effectively when you're shooting out from a citadel that has uh triangles emanating out from it right now with that the fact that they are in the new world and also in the old world and also the fact that they have a similar feature across all of them that they have they're near water number one we don't i don't subscribe to the idea that star forts were bastion forts and only built uh to reduce the blind side effect from an invading force because they are super well built and they look like they're built to stop a, a very powerful force and i don't think that force is an invading army there if you look at fort erie across from buffalo there is a definite star fort right at the old fort erie okay and it not only do they build up bricks in the shape of the star fort the actual earth is shaped and terraformed in um angled in such a way to make it look like a triangle and that, that star from a bird's eye view to me, that speaks to so much construction and, and, and so much effort going into uh, just making no blind spots. It, the, that doesn't make sense to me. It makes sense more to me that they were some kind of old functioning, uh, maybe if you were like a healing center, because a lot of old pictures, Sean, of these bastion forts have a lot of these cathedrals in them, okay? And there's water running through them. And you think of current energy, so there's always a common feature of their near water and the idea that they were built just to built in that style just to mitigate the blind spots for firing arrows that doesn't make sense because it's so disparaging you're firing arrows but you're able to actually terraform the land in such a way that it look, literally looks like a snowflake from a bird's eye view some of these star forts sean are so intricate and so layered that the idea of it just being for arrows and blind spots doesn't make sense to me because they're the earth they shape the earth as well as they they almost like terrace the citadel you know in layers and some of them are so intricate they almost look like 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 how snowflakes look you know um and they're all over the new world too so 
I don't necessarily know what their purpose was. I just know that it, it seems like the intent of what they say that in the mainstream literature doesn't seem to be right. And they're phenomenal fortresses. They're beautiful. And they're specifically different than castles and stuff. So that's a gravy area of the old world that I definitely have to dig into further. But it could just be that that's how the actual strata of the, the plane itself is, you know, where it come like a, a, one theory that I have, Sean, is like the whole the flat plane itself is made of the megaliths, you know, like a Lego theory, I call it. You know, like the megaliths themselves are the actual plane and it's covered with dirt and it's just a series of resets or whatever under God and under the firmament. Right. But that plane that we sit on shoal or whatever, I think it's like one theory that I have is it's comprised of like the megaliths that we see like in Egypt. Also red bricks. So think about it like it's interlaced with megalith and like red brick building. Like one theory that John Levi came up with was like the whole plane itself is made up of interlaced and interwoven star forts. And it's a phenomenal video that he did. And there's another channel that's referenced in that video. I forget what it's called, but there's a dude that maps all these star forts and it, they're all over the place. And it could look like the actual substrate of the plane, the flat plane that we're on itself culminates in star forts and it's all over, you know, that's one theory too. So there's some serious thick gravy in there. And again, I just don't buy what they say in the mainstream is the actual definition of them. And it, yeah. it begs more research. They're super, super fascinating. Well, the fact that they, they bury them, like all these different places, they're like buried on the earth, but they're not destroyed. That to me speaks to like, there definitely is something, right? Like why wouldn't they tear, tear it down? Like Pittsburgh, I'm struggling to find a picture right now, but I, oh. I think it was a John Levy video where he explained Pittsburgh I has think this that... massive star fort like right in like the downtown area and they just buried it and started I... building over it. Or I think that they quarry it. Yeah, another, another, because uh, he said initially, John Levi put out in there that they might be actually quarrying these things and actually by quarrying them. So some of them are buried, Sean. Some of them I think are, are new cities are put over them. And then they quarry them down and completely take all the resources out of them because they are made from the, this uh, metal or underneath them is the precious metal. So that's a possibility too, that these things are centers for uh, blocks and precious minerals and stuff. And they put, they put these new build like, like for example, the industrial revolution could have been a whole construct to just cover these things and quarry them, yeah. hide them because the history of Buffalo, I think is, Southern tip of Buffalo was a star fort. And that's my last, like I said, in my last video, it looked, you know, because it's parallel in Fort Erie, there's a star fort in Fort Erie and the one in Buffalo looks like it was hidden. looks like it was dismantled. It almost looks like they built up buildings around it in order for them to dismantle it and hide it, you know, gravy. It's a, I don't, I don't know why would it, yeah. they hide some, some of them and some gravy. of them are buried. Yeah. <laughs> I think they dismantle some of them. I think some of them are buried or inundated with either the mud or, um, you know, I don't know. They're, they're very important, though, and they seem to be very focal points of, of this old world. Yeah, at the very least. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, and they're always by water. It's never Things just like, like in the middle of a field. It's sometimes always... they have water going through it. Like uh, sometimes they have a stream or a river going right through the middle of them. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's wild. Um, yeah, and then, um, so I was going to pull this up because I didn't do any, like, real looking into this, but someone, like, on uh, online brought this to my attention that Dresden was a star fort. So then there's that whole theory that, like, wars and fires and earthquakes are just basically used as excuses as cover to just destroy some of this ancient architecture and specifically the star forts right because you can see aerial footage of like before and after dresden and like the areas that were specifically bombarded and bombed were the star fort area of dresden right so what do you think and so dresden was like one of the ones where it's like a star fort within a star fort within a star fort like the whole city was a giant, you know, eight, ten-sided star four. And then inside of it was like a six-sided star four. And then there was like a four-sided one. Right. And they built Dresden, the city, like the residential city on top of it. And then, of course, World War II, for no real reason at all, we just went out of our way to bomb it to oblivion. <laughs> you know, even though like it served no military strategic purpose, it wasn't factories. You know, there was no real reason for the war to be bombed. The excuse they give now is to send a message or to, you know, to demoralize them enough that they would surrender. But it just seems really strange that, um, let me see, I have one of the pictures here. So I have this picture on my screen of like exactly the way that the bombers came and bombed. And it's like literally right over the Starfort area, the Starfort portion of Dresden. So like that, like some, some, it seems like they're like burying these Starforts and then at times they're destroying them. And, you know, it's just basically like they don't want to bring attention to them for the most part or even just outright bury it, cover it up or destroy it. So it seems like the, the, the main the main intent is to either cover or at least change the story and whether it fits it yeah. to bomb the whole a whole fully working Tartarian city like we think Dresden was or a fully working old Tartarian city, old world city where in conjunction with the star fort and water and them using water and artesian wells for healing and uh, cathedral cathode cathedrals for healing your body organs there yeah then that brings into question the whole intent and uh ideas behind wars and one thing that we posit behind the, these world wars is that they were the final vestiges of cleaning up what was done to hide this old world empire definitely now, as far as Dresden goes, yes, that's one thing that we posit. Dresden was a fully working old world city, and it served their narrative to completely wipe it off the map. And the mainstream says that it was done, like you said, to demoralize it. Meanwhile, it was not anywhere strategically placed whatsoever. It was actually way far outside of any kind of strategic zone, as far as what they say for the mainstream um, theater of war of world war ii in in europe you know well the, the thing i heard too is like they could have just walked in and and you know it's like if they wanted to conquer the city they could have just walked in at that point it was just like women and children because it wasn't a military base there was no factories it was just kind of a city that had been you know all the men were out out at war so they and were like ask, why if did they, they wanted do that? to they could just march their troops in and the, the city would surrender but why did they spend a day or two just bombing it to oblivion? And when you're in endeavored and when you're endeavored in something like that, and if you ask a general to risk a whole contingent of air force to go just to set a message or for the more, I would, I would have to think 
that they would have some reservations with that. So yeah. then, then you begin to extrapolate and, and mushroom on, well, why did they really do that? And, you know, it's like what Owen, never forget what they did to Dresden and our people. Yeah. <laughs> like the, they yeah. completely demolished and leveled a, probably a beautiful city that was fully old world, a uh, fully working model. And it was, was probably one of the last vestiges of uh, a fully working model of the old world. And that's why it served their narrative to completely level and raise it, unfortunately. Now, whereas in the new world where it, it, it doesn't necessarily serve their purpose to, to fully bomb it out because it doesn't fit the narrative of the timeline, they just have to go about it in other ways and say that things were built in the style of, you know, or, or uh, get on top of it and build a building over it and, and start dismantling it like I think they did with the Star Fort in Buffalo, you know, hide it, hide it as much as they can. If they can't hide it, they, they change the history of it. But I want to bring this up. Um, I don't know. It's going to be tough if you can't see it, but um, in my Discord, Emsworth, I think Emsworth is uh, Shapiro on Twitter. Okay. I'm not sure, but Emsworth, he's a bear. I don't know what his bear name is. He's in my Discord all the time. And so I have a Tartarian section on my Discord. You think that that's really him? I think it's Shapiro sucks. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong in the chat. Emsworth from my Discord. If you're here or if you're seeing this replay oh, later. Oh, okay. What you're saying is you're not. You don't actually think that it's actually Ben Shapiro. As a... no, 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 no. Yeah, the account <laughs> Shapiro on Twitter. Okay. Our bear okay. friend on Twitter. Um, I got is you. Always retweeting people. Familiar, yeah, definitely. I think it's Emsworth. I could be wrong, but Emsworth oh, in my oh, because um, oh, you're, are you saying um because the one that because Ben Shapiro sucks? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a legend, dude. Yeah, definitely. I, think, I know who you're talking about. I'm not 100. I'm like 80 sure that's the same guy. But Emsworth on okay. my Discord posted this in my Tartaria section on my Discord. Okay. And it's this video of a flying train. Have you ever seen this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the Wobblesworth in, in Germany. Germany. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, it's insane. And so it's a video. They've colorized it. The one I'm playing on my screen. Colorized it HD in Zoom. Yeah. Is that yeah? Have you seen this? Yes, it's phenomenal. It's unreal. Play that for a little. And it's play real. that for a little bit. If yeah. you look it up, it's real. But it's also yeah. one of those things like you have to go out of your way to look it up. Yeah, isn't Clutter that weird? Bear. Isn't that yeah. <laughs> isn't that strange that this like it's like so hidden, it's so masked that you have to go find something like this. There's a portion. Yeah, 1902, this video I'm showing on my screen right now. This is a real video taken from one of the first types of first models of actual cameras of this train system in Germany. That's like an overhead train system. And it's been colorized, it's been remastered a little bit, but it's Phenomenal. so mind blowing. And then they just, what? They got rid of this technology and it's in, incredibly difficult to look up today. And how do they build that thing? Yeah, how do they thing? build it? I mean, this is you horse and buggy. Like you can yeah. see the streets are filled here with like horses and buggies. Right. <laughs> like the people walking down the street, like the it's like, you know, there's families and everyone's walking. Everyone have has you gotten horses to the, and like hand carts and they're pushing. Have you gotten to the portion around. where the kids are on the on the uh the, the swing set in the yard? It's like right in the beginning too. It's it's so realistic it's it's like breathtaking to me because you can see the background it, it literally puts you almost in the time sean to me there's nothing more special like yeah i showed that to because there's some bears in germany shout out to crutter bear um yeah big shout out natalie bear. natalie bear i think is on twitter and uh crutter bear natalie and wobbly bear 
wobbly bears in Germany. So yeah, I sent that to them too back when uh, when I first came and I seen that. It was an absolutely phenomenal. And if you actually look in the background, they kind of uh, fuzz out the background because there's some portions where you're coming up and you can actually look like you can see a whole cityscape and then it cuts out and, and it goes to past that. Like it, like it's trying to hide something, you know, like if they're trying to hide massive buildings back then, it's, it's phenomenal. Like in the background. Good share. Yes. Yeah, but right then here. they, yeah, but then it passes it. Like you're like, Oh, you're about to see a huge landscape. And then it just kind of cuts past it. It almost reminds me of like wizard of Oz type. It's just weird. It's, it's very, that's a good share right there, Sean, for sure. Yeah, so shout out Emsworth. I think it's because Ben Shapiro sucks on Twitter. I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong out there if you're watching this, but... M. Wadsworth. No, yeah. It sounds familiar. I'm not sure which one it is, though. But yeah, it's just mind-blowing. And it's just or like, Wadsworth this is just might some... be the comedian. No, it's Emsworth. E-M-S-W-O-R-T-H. I'm not sure what his bear name is, but I know he's a bear. But yeah, this is just like that proof where it's just... And then it's like so such obvious proof that they're trying to cover it up and hide it. And the technology is gone and suppressed, you know? It seems like it. Yeah, it seems like it. And yeah, it's just one of those like very like, when you see it, it's you can't unsee it. <laughs> when you see it, you cannot unsee this. Exactly. Um, but I think Dresden was like this. You know, maybe they didn't have the same rail system, but I think it was just a lot of this technology that they wanted gone. They wanted no record of it. They were trying to rewrite their narrative and rewrite their history books. And so that Be- firebombing was just destruction of that. Right. And then, so then that leads me to say everything, all these other earthquakes, the Chicago fire, the San Francisco fire. It's like all these convenient things where they're destroying the history so that they can rewrite it at a later Buffalo day. had a fire too. Buffalo, Buffalo fire of Black Rock. Yep. Really? Yep. And the, the dam after 1812, after the war, after the war of 1812. Uh, yeah. So after they oh. moved in, I believe uh, there was a Black Rock fire. Yep. And a lot of old churches that i go over sean a lot of the old parishes uh have fires they, they like to dismantle a lot of the old yeah. world with fire yeah and right now Rich, I mean, we're, it's we're ritualistic that with all those fires at these notre dame right and notre, notre dame. yep it's it, in there's my been, opinion I think it's, someone it's said there's been 200 fires of cathedrals in europe in the last five years and so the first thing is muslims <laughs> right the narrative okay. they want to push is 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 they want to start pushing that, you know, everyone hate the Muslims. And then, or on the other side, everyone feel bad for the Muslims. But I think the reality is it's not Muslims at all. It's people that want to rewrite the history. It's who we're talking about. It's yeah. people, yeah, it's Satanists. It's people who don't want people. The Muslim, the the Muslim is a, that, that's a spell. That's yeah. a narrative. That's a spell. That's a construct. And Absolutely. Owen addressed that big time. Yeah. Islamo-Christianity. Yeah. I, lo- I love it. One of my best friends, dude, one of my best friends was born in Palestine. Um, born in Palestine, straight up Muslim, straight up Muslim, stood up in my wedding. Yeah, One of my all, best friends. Yep. Every Muslim I've ever met in real life has been a really good person. <laughs> really good, death. really smart, really sane. They're really respectful of like, oh, you believe that and I believe this. Okay, whatever. And then you turn on your TV screen and they're wearing turbans and they're blowing people up and they hate you. And, you know, you see these clips of people storming into, you know, Look at you should you should be angry that they're storming into your country. Look at how lawless and evil and reckless and dangerous they are. And then like in real life they're just like calm, <laughs> mild-mannered, smart, you know, respectful of your culture, respectful of your religion, your belief system. 
Um, I'll tell you what. It's just more evidence of the screens, man. These screens are just lying to us. That's it. It's a screen. <laughs> it comes from the screen. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. tell you what was really poignant and really put it into perspective for me. And now, granted, I've had, uh, like I said, my best friend. He's one of my best friends. Known him for almost my whole life. Um, and he's he was born in Palestine. He's, he's definitely a muzzy. But when Owen when Owen was getting into breaking that spell and what he said about how what Muslims say about um, about Jesus Christ, and that really struck a chord with me big time, even to the point of being like, um, you know, like um, emotional about it when he said that, uh, explained that Muslims say uh, peace be upon Jesus Christ, peace be to him, peace be upon him, and uh, that really struck a really deep chord with me. Uh, because I was never really bought into that whole spell to begin with because I, you know, my early relationship with this whole uh, conspiracy thing, you know, I was like, I was against them going into Afghanistan right from the jump, dude, right from the yeah. jump. Because like I, I had that background of reading that book, you know, and oh, when I'd weenus from the jump, bro, but I still bought into it a little bit. The whole, like, you know, the, the Islamic terrorist, you know, that I, I definitely thought that there was a thing. You know, I didn't, I, I was ignorant. I didn't know everything. I definitely didn't know everything. I was definitely an ignorant little kid, but I, I had that base of the whole conspiracy thing, you know, that in mind, I still had my buddy who was Muslim, right? So it was kind of a weird dichotomy, but the fact that Owen has doubled down on that and, and, and extrapolated on that so well, and the whole Islamo Christian thing, I think is number one, so, so important for people who have questions about different sects of religion and different ideologies and stuff like that, because there's, you know, it's a great point to say that me as a Christian, that I think that I am, that I try to be, I can't say that a Muslim, a base Muslim, they're, they're, they're very similar. They're not too dissimilar from a base Christian, a base Christian. I can't say that they don't, they won't see the kingdom of God. That's, that's a spell, you know? And, and when he said that, that Muslims say, peace be upon Jesus Christ, that, that really, that really hammered it home for me. It's, it's yeah. uh, very cool, and I'm glad that he's doing that. And it's, it's also, you know what, it serves to be said about the Jews, too, and we should address that, because um, what he's doing now about uh, distinguishing between the whole Zionist thing and and the, 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 the Torah Jew is so, so helpful. And the I've gotten direct feedback. Spiritual. Yeah, it's... it's uh, and I feel bad. like, satanic people who use Jew as a cover. I feel bad. I feel so bad. <laughs> and I then there's I, like Jews. For Joe, for, or for, <laughs> for Owen to explain it like, like that. Spiritual people. It makes you feel bad and it gives you, um, and we, we, we make fun of them as bears. We make, we slaughter every single uh, sacred cow there is and rightfully so. And you got to do it right. It, it's, it's, it's in with the whole thing of getting your balls busted. You know, you're part, means yeah. you're part of the group. If you get ignored, then, then that's a thing. But um got to slaughter every sacred cow, especially as a comedian like Owen does. But for him to distinguish between the whole, like, you know, the Jewish thing and the, and the Zionist thing is helpful. You know, shout out to, to a um, Toronto Jew bear, you know, Neil, yeah. good dude. And um, yeah. he's a, he's a Jew and he's a, uh, he, he's in Toronto. He's a wonderful man. He sent me uh, some really cool uh, maps and some old Buffalo swag and stuff. And it's yeah. like, he's told me before that, um, what Owen does in distinguishing between that and even making fun of the Jew, you know, whatever 
trope or stereotype is helpful for people who are confused about it, helpful for the Jew who's confused about that, you know, because they do use it as a liability shield and it's terrible. But to get that direct feedback from a Jew is, is invaluable, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's, he's helped a lot in a lot of different ways. So I'm grateful to Owen. I'm grateful to the community for that. Yeah. Very grateful. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> in so many ways, but yeah, definitely with that. Um, I'm going to, are you cool with answering some of the chat questions? The chat's been blowing up. It's like too much to even. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Me. That's one reason why I didn't want to like pull it up and everything. Cause yeah. I wanted to <laughs> get distracted. So, um, yeah. Um, of course, yeah. For yeah, sure. they're talking about how Tartaria, like that phrase, could be a psyop. So kind of right. back where we're talking. That's about why that. I want to get away from that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's he said old it's world. Chilaga in 1984 says uh, the term Tartaria could be a psyop. It's bigger, and I think yeah, it's bigger than just Tartarians. Right. That's why um, I want to hammer that down. He says oh, London, no. Rome, DC. Like that whole connection, like the those trifecta. people. Yeah, they yep. basically just co-opted, or maybe they are just that secret empire of the city of London. Yep. Yeah, familiar with that whole the, yep. the war, the war wing, the banking wing, and the religious wing. Yep, Owen's Owen's uh, yeah. hit on that before. <laughs> yep. Yeah, um, and set of Acanthus bear says Carthage colonized by Trojans post Troy. I've read Troy founded the Danites from the tribe of Dan post Egypt Exodus. There you go. Yeah, that's that? that. That's incorporated also. Uh, can't, I am not. I haven't researched the tribe of Dan. I have heard of it, but that's another one of the tribes that come out of the out of the sands of of, of the desert. Yeah, I've heard that um, linking to Europe, like the Dananites were originally. Why I think like that Dan went. Yeah, Dan went to, to to the north, and I think. Um, and that's why Vikings are like the six kings because it was the sixth tribe, and Denmark yeah, all, is like the Dan, mark, the mark of Dan. Yeah. Shout out to Denmark, bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't really, it's another thing where it's like, I've just heard some people talk about that, but I haven't really done too much deep diving into it. So I don't really know, but yeah, it's, there's so much, we're talking about history here, man. It there's, it's hard to, um, to lasso it all in, to be honest with you. It's a lot, lot to look up, bro. Christopher Shade says, because it's principalities and spiritual places that are controlling. And I think that's true. It's like, we're trying to look too much into like the governments and the physical, the wars, exactly. the politics, the people. And not the spiritual aspect of. That's why I like Satan. to distinguish. I mean, it's, it's it's good versus evil. It's Satanist versus Christians. You know. Right at the at the hundred thousand foot view, yes, that's what the good versus evil. Right, whatever your sect is, it's always malevolent versus benevolent. Yes. And everything and we're talking about point. is just pawn pieces. It's just chess pieces being played by the two sides of good and evil. That's why I think it was important to distinguish and lay down that whole when I say the common thread, where it comes from. Yeah, it's not necessarily the government. Okay, yet we have to distinguish there. Yes, it's probably seated throughout all of government. Therefore, it might look like it's the government, but it's actually an undertone, kind of like they they refer to, like the mafia being the the, the hidden hand. There's yeah. a hidden hand, and I think that that hidden hand is that that common thread of that Phoenician religion, to be honest with you, because it harkens back to that whole blood sacrifice stuff. And you can even, honest to goodness, Sean, you could even draw parallels to it. It's what they do with that whole dark stuff and, and the whole Hollywood thing. It's it literally yeah. echoes that that religion. Yeah. And I, I firmly believe in my belief. It's my belief that that's what it is. It's that esoteric religion. It's not the government, though. There are it, it's it's very the government is very deeply rooted with this. OK, it's yeah. that old 
religion that comes out of the sands of the desert. And that's what I that's what I think. I mean, because you even see like the Aztecs, you know, with their <laughs> like it's just yeah. kind of the, the, the seeds are planted all over the world of right. that dark forces. Like but the then that's also a gravel too, corrupting different civilizations, different empires, different peoples all over the map. I think they the use that too to actually demonize the whole pagan thing, though, too. I think that they use that as a whirlwind type of uh, duality to yeah, say I mean, like the old, I heard someone you know, I heard a, I heard a history documentary thing where they were saying a hundred thousand people were slaughtered in one day, and it's just yeah. like yeah right. <laughs> no, you know Aztecs with knives on their little temples like yeah a hundred thousand like do you know how much? It's just so unrealistic where it's like obviously that number's exaggerated like yes they probably did do some sacrificing and killing and stuff but right. It's just like at some point, like you're just lying. You're just Scrabbled. blatantly yeah, lying to sell and push a narrative and an agenda. Yeah. The Anglo-Saxons of Northern England, like in the you know turn of the last century, in the 1100s and stuff, where the Vikings were coming down in England, the Anglo-Saxons who were the you know the Roman Catholics, effectively, um, they were they were calling the Vikings. They would refer to them as the heathens, right? And like yeah. the pagan heathens, yeah. you know. But meanwhile, uh, they fought the, the the Vikings would say like like we were talking about before when I got the that Valhalla Viking game, and you had heard that they were, you know, uh, slaughtering Christians. It's not like that. Actually, you know what? I I just started playing it again yesterday, and I was in tandem as a Viking with a Christian, uh, actually, and we were uh, helping each other out. So that's the thing. It's actually like they were they were actually going after the the pigs that were sitting on the gold, if you will, right? Yeah. Um, the grabblers, yeah. <laughs> effect, effectively, yeah, effectively. And, you know, because I think what you say, what real recognizes real, you know, and like how Owen says the pagan and like Balderson, you know, he's Odin. I, I'm Christian, dude, but I love Viking mythology, right? And I respect that. I think that we're all looking at the same thing from a different angle. And uh, with that, you know, it's all we're all looking at the same source, and we there's obviously gravel and like you hinted at at the beginning, all the different sects and all the different um, interpretations, purposely done to confuse. I think when we're all just kind of looking at the same thing. Yeah, and of course, Confuse there's squabbling and divide, amongst tribes. Like yeah, senselessly divide us and pit the us. Galian dialect. Each other. Yeah. 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 Yep. We have Christopher Shade, who I guess is Handy Adam Bear. Shout out Handy Adam Bear. Handy Says, Adam any Bear gravy Bear. on Atlanta World's Fair? No. No, but I look into it. That's what I think the, the work adds up. That's what I'm saying. Like, if there's any Atlanta Bears in Atlanta, get out there and check it out and report yeah. it back. That's kind of the idea. Yes, of course, I'd like to look into it for sure. But again, like, man, you know, I, I work full time and this is a part time thing for me. If I had the time, I certainly would. But I didn't even know that Atlanta had a World's Fair. That's what I'm talking about. See, that's all, every city seems to have had have had one. Yeah, Bowler Bear says plaster and lumber is nonsense. Just looking at the picks we do have. See, there you go. What's up, yeah. Bowler Bear? <laughs> Bowler Bear, it's true. Knows. It's like you just look at the pictures and you're like, dude, that's not plaster. <laughs> Get out of here with that. You know, yeah, some of I'm it saying... might be like some like you know if you're looking at the giant complex, like these giant you know whatever te like hundred square acres of all these different buildings like you probably do have some of the smaller buildings being plaster but just these giant domes and these giant statues and stuff there's just no way it's plaster no way i mean it's insane 
Um, the Chicago one, too, is like the good one. You just look at pictures of the Chicago one, you're like, there's no way. These giant domes, these huge buildings, there's no way it's being held up with plaster and lumber. So, yeah, shout out Bill Polar Bear for that, yeah. Um, 369, yeah. <laughs> 369, dude. 69. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're all, yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, but I do okay. see that as far as numerology goes. I do see that they definitely. It's it's a thing, when I when I do the research of the literature. Like for example, Father Baker was the father of the Basilica, and uh, I was looking up something and where his funeral was, and he passed away in nineteen thirty nine, nine three nine. You know, it's just all over the place. Yeah, Bowler Bear. When we were talking about like the microchips and um the energy like the cathedral said it's a copy evil can't create it just mimics yeah there you go that's a good point yeah for sure um and he also says water is like our dna info storage that we can tap into water has memory exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah that's wild yeah that's why uh, i like pouring my i like pouring my water into a, i got a, a cool glass bottle for my parents house actually they were getting rid of it man i'm glad i went over there I help my dad every time he wants to reorganize the basement, you know, the garage and all that stuff. Um, I appreciate that actually, but they were getting rid of some glass bottles and I got a, a really nice glass, like a blue tinted bottle that says Buffalo, it says Queen City, Buffalo, New York on it. And that's what I've been using as my bottle to pour water in. And um, it sits in my basement, it's nice and cool. And uh, I pray over it, dude. You know, it's effectively like holy water. And I drink it, and I yeah. think that I think that you actually do energize it. Like it, when it goes through the pipes and everything, it gets separated and put back together. If it's sitting for a while, and you know you um, at ease in a nice smooth glass bottle, like yeah, like when Owen was real getting into that whole drinking out of the, the blue glass, yeah, really got into that. And then, and then that's where the synchronicity comes in because then, like around that same time, my daughter's watching, or at least it's when I recognized it. My daughter's watching Frozen, and you know, I think I was working, you know, or talking, and it's just playing in the background. And Olaf, the the, the snowman's like, ah, water has memory. Everything that's the water that you drink passed through four or five uh, animals or humans before you, and it remembers everything. And I'm like, dude, yeah. I'm like, babe, did you just hear that? That's a truth drop right there for sure. I'm like, rewind that. Definitely a truth drop, you know, because um, like I said, Disney's full of them, and. I really do believe that I, uh, it speaks to the aether holding the energy, like the Akashic record. I also think, yeah, Bowler Bear drills it out of the firmament, firmament with that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, then the chat is getting on you for the, for the Disney thing. Oh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's understandable. I'm getting on you. I'm talking about the Disney. Uh, my kids are grown, yeah. but I was a parent that looked at the Little Mermaid box and argued that it was a dick on the cover. You know, there's all those like sex symbols and imagery in it and stuff. Big and, time, all um, over. Hey, listen, that was the, my introduction the, to 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 depravity back then. Was Disney movies to uh, to address all that? <laughs> all the all the yeah. bears in the chat. I take that uh, for sure. Bust my chops with that. I get it. <laughs> but the buck stops here with pops. You know, I, everything comes through. Um, you know, my angle of being of Christ and everything, and I have that discernment. And once she gets to be a certain age. I will address that. But right now, uh, it's, 
hey, we still read the Bible, and I we, yeah. we pray every every um, dinner that we have pretty much every day, and um, we have dinner pretty much every day. We pray every day. I didn't want to get confused on that. I pray every day. I read the Bible every day uh, with my daughter. I tell her that she's very special of Jesus Christ because we are Christian. So um, that's number one. That's what comes first. If she, Absolutely. you know, my my daughter or my wife is a big time Disney fan. I'm sure some Bears have wives that love Disney. I mean, it is what it is. You get you bob and weave, right? We're Daywalker Bears, so you know. Well, I think that discernment is so key. If you're able to watch a Disney movie and be like, yeah, there's some good parts, there's some good messages, but also point out like this is not good. You know what? That brings up a good point, Sean. Because here, you know what? I, I I'm glad that you. Well, I'm, no, glad, I'm glad that he asked that question because you know what? I'm not only Disney, Sean. I'm a big time movie. Buff. Yeah, just yeah, because it's not just Disney; it's everything. It's like Harry Potter. It's like there's good lessons to be learned in Harry Potter, but you need to point out this is witchcraft. Like, right. You, <laughs> you need, need to. to know. You can't just right. let the kids watch you the movie and let it sink in. You have to almost teach them, and then that that helps them in the real world. Like when they go it. out into the real world, they can start spotting good and evil. They can be like, "That's a good message. That's not." Exactly. You know, so I think that is kind of important. And if they do like Disney movies, if you rip it away from them, that's going to be traumatizing. But if good you can point. like sit down and watch the Disney movies they enjoy and point out what's good and what's bad, then that I think is a, a healthier long term option. Yeah, because I think dudes like us, like that are, you know, of logos and of the word and stuff, and like 100,000 of you look at, at Harry Potter and say that that's satanic, right? But, um, you know, so we have to have our discernment on the when you zoom in on a level and I have a good workaround for that, that being that I'm, I'm such a big, I, I've watched so many movies, dude. And every single movie that I've watched, I prop because I have the ability to be on the internet for work, you know, a very cursory level, but, um, every movie that I've, I've liked or whatever, I probably read the, the, the trivia to it in the internet movie database section of, uh, IMDB on the trivia section rather. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I struggle with that now, though, knowing what these thespians might possibly be a part of, you know, speaking to the whole, you know, religion thing of it and the whole Phoenician religion thing and what they might be involved in. It's like, how could I even watch that, you know? But me and my wife like to have a movie night every so often, and it's like, you got to have a workaround. So, it's like, the way I put it to myself, Sean, is um, I definitely have reservations with these thespians these days and what they're putting forth. Uh, in Hollywood, we don't have cable anymore. It's a uh, discretionary as to what we watch. Period. It's yeah. you know we're, we're we're a Christian family. Number number one, first and foremost, for sure. That said, I like to watch a movie here and there. Yeah. I, I still have, <laughs> right? yeah. So so here's my workaround for that. And the people, this might help people to um, I don't know, for you bear couples out there, maybe it will help you to enjoy a movie. These uh, going forward, I don't know, but. I felt when, when I, I, I like these movies that I grew up with and everything, I fell in love with the stories and the, the characters. You know, I don't, I never met the actors, I guess, if you will, right? I don't know about them. I, I can care less about them. I fell in love with the, the stories and the characters that they were portraying, not necessarily the thespians that are acting it out, right? So with that, and just like you said, with the lessons that can be learned and derived from that, that's where I take it and that's where I leave it. I'm not necessarily giving credit to the actual thespians that are acting it out. More so, I'm giving credit to the actual story that was put together. So that's kind of my workaround to be able to enjoy a, a Hollywood production these days. I'm not, 
you know, like Vox, Vox says, don't, don't pay attention to it at all. Don't even watch it at all. You know, I struggle with that again, because I want to have a movie night with my wife. Should I not do that? So it's a struggle, but I have a workaround. So it works for me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's not the, I don't know these actors and I, I don't, I never met them. Tom Hanks, for example, how could you watch Castaway? Knowing what we think he's involved with. Well, I liked that movie. And at the time that I had that, that um, thought of that, or when I watched that movie, I had no idea about it, you know, and I'm very nostalgic. So it's hard for me to rip myself from that feeling, I guess, if you will. So I don't know Tom Hanks, never met him, what he's involved with. I condone, I don't, I don't agree with it whatsoever, but I can't prove it. So I can yeah. appreciate to watch one of his movies and just be completely devoid of what I think about him as a person because I never met him and I can't prove it. So that's kind of my workaround. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then um, Christopher Shade, I think it's Handy Adam Bear says, um, I remember my little girls getting traumatized by intense scenes from Veggie Tales. <laughs> it says TV and movies are just designed for drop for trauma. And I think that's true. But that's why I think it's so crucial that you watch it with them and you explain it. Because reality is full of trauma. If you're just going to run and hide from movies because it traumatizes your kids, like, you're not preparing them for the reality they're about to enter into in adulthood, which is a exactly. traumatic world. There's a great but example. If you're there to guide them and teach them and educate them and say, look, yes, that was traumatic. But that was just a movie and also here are some lessons you can learn you know i think that's very crucial where if you're there educating them and helping them and guiding them with what you're saying like the godly logos if you're teaching them the christian way and the christian vision and sight as they're watching bad movies and traumatizing movies i think that's actually healthy for them going forward if you just try to shelter your kids and keep them away from everything bad and then you just release them into the world. <laughs> They're gonna, I mean, that's where you get all these kids with addictions and degeneracy and they just die. Like they're not able to, to survive and thrive in a dark place if they've never been exposed to the darkness. But if you just make sure to instill the light in them, they can travel through the darkness and be just fine. So I think that is crucial to do. <laughs> no, even Veggie Tales. It's like veg, even, even something where it's like, yes, that's wholesome family fun. It's like even that can be kind of scary to some kids. Yeah, you know? I think Owen had a good example of that one time when you're like, you try to shelter your kid from everything and being on a farm, you have more of a, um, a controlled environment to be able to do that. But even the farm itself uh, shows you life and death process because as much as you want to shelter your child, and for example, he, he gave an example of playing chickens. And then all of a sudden something out of your um, scope comes in and just, shows you life right there. Like for example, if you're playing with your child and a hawk comes down and just devastates one of those chickens, that's a life example that you have to address right then and there that you cannot keep your, your, it's, it's life. And that happens on the farm that happens in the city, I guess, you know, in different, in different ways. But when he said like that, it's like, yeah, even though you try to sh or your, shelter your, your child as much as you possibly can, you, you, you can't from everything. So it's good to let them know a little bit of it. So therefore, it's like the whole idea of, you know, sometimes you got to have, you know, break bread with your enemy type of deal. You, you, you're, not, you're not condoning their activities, but at least you're, you know, you got to, it helps to assess information too, you know, so... It's all related. 
Down with the Chalaga. He says, he says, I wasn't given Chalaga says I wasn't given Berserker shit for the Disney thing. I just like how he addressed it. Oh, I'm not, I don't um, take anything as giving me shit. That's yeah, uh, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Not at all. I don't think of like that at all. Yeah. yeah, don't worry about that at all. He says, yeah, that truth drop from the snowman was wild. I don't know because I've never seen Frozen, but I've heard some people say it's really bad. And then also there's like some secret like truths and like good lessons to be learned in it. There's definitely good lessons. There's definitely truth drops as far as like that goes. The water thing is one. Another thing is the mountains being giants is a really good truth drop. Also, the the song they sing where the north wind meets the sea, there's a river full of memory. I believe that that's uh, hearkening to alluding to Hyperborea and the four the four islands up north. I think that that is some serious gravy right there. I think that Hyperborea is a real thing. And I think uh, Admiral Byrd seen some shit, yeah. if you will, <laughs> when he yeah, went that's there. That's the whole thing, yeah. And south, yeah. <laughs> I would love to rack uh, that dude's brain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to the airships. Let's go. Let's go. Airships and Starforts, <laughs> maybe. That's right. Let's go. Onward. <laughs> yeah, Son of Acanta says, weaponized propaganda funded by the military-industrial complex for over 80 years. Public school parental discernment skills um, are crucial, I guess, is what he's kind of saying. There you he go. says, most yep. of the subversion Great is subconscious. Point. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, Edward Bernays, Bible Reading Bear says, uh, Edward Bernays is, number, is the, like the best at pushing it all. Um, we must have discernment in all of it. Yeah, and I think that is just very true in all of it, like even the good. Yeah, um, you know what? Special shout out to Bible Reading Bear too. Hey there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. He's the best. Uh, uh, straight up soldier right there. Yeah, true. So that's, who, that's real, not from a black box that we all know is used in Kabbalism. Kabbalism. Yeah, that, that whole truth drop of Muhammad talking about how people in the future are going to worship black mats, black, black, black prayer mats on their walls. Gravy. That was crazy, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> that's some truth. And I'm starting to kind of look into Muhammad and potentially him being like a prophet or him being some kind of you know, getting some kind of vision from God, you know, obviously not him being the prophet and, right. you know, but just kind of looking into his life because obviously it has been grabbled. It is he could have been pushed a, by he, the screens to make us angry and scared and, you know, right. evil, but he could have been some kind of prophet. Like, yeah, know. I think he was a prophet for the Muslims, you know, like I, yeah. it's just thought like, I think that maybe God has sent a couple because we're split. I think that God has sent, um, could have sent different um, example leaders to different tribes, dude. I don't know. I don't want it for the risk of being blasphemous. So that's another thing too. Like when right, you guys yeah. go over the Bible, uh, it's intimidating because you guys know it so well. So uh, it's like um, I'm reading the Bible now. I started at Genesis and if I always was more of a reference guy, just looking, opening it up and reading a passage or something that a passage I heard. But now I've, I've dug in and, I'm trying to read it front to back and I'm almost through Genesis now. So I, I don't want to read any, I, I have a lot of books, man, but I feel, I kind of feel ashamed that I haven't read the Bible front to back. So that's what I'm trying to do. When there's a, so I have a stream coming up. I'm kind of working on, um, I read this book called the pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. 
Um, so in about a month, I'm going to have a stream called The Pursuit of God where I'm talking about it. But he really harps on, I mean, there's just so much gravy, so much spiritual gravy about everything, about God and about our relationship with him in there. But he harps on this point of God is living. And we tend to forget that. Like God is a living God. He's active and living and breathing and speaking to us at all times. But we get so caught up in our material, like in our physical and in our thoughts that we like basically we tune them out. And that's when you start to see all these Bible verses about like, be still and know, be silent, hear God's voiceless voice, you know, and, you know, and then it just, it, I'm kind of blanking where I was truly going with that. But just the idea of the premise that God is living and he's always working. And we have this idea in our head that like the Bible, like God worked in a bunch of ways all over Israel for thousands of years. Then he sent his son, the perfect man, the perfect embodiment of his logos to teach us, guide us and sacrifice himself for us. And then everyone acts like after that, God isn't helping us or working in us. He's not living anymore for some reason. And I don't think that's true. Like, I think he does. I think there's angels sent. I think that he does communicate with us. I do think that like his loyal and obedient subjects are shown visions and given insights from him. And I don't think we need to discount it because Christ came and then that's it. Like God's now not for some reason working. <laughs> it's like we tend to forget. He harps on this point that like we tend to forget God is a living God and he's active and present everywhere. Like everything is his creation and he's all powerful and he is working in us. But we kind of act like 2000 years ago, God stopped living for some reason. Um, and I think that's crucial because like when you start looking at Muhammad, it's like, maybe God was sending Muhammad visions and insights and sent him on a mission. And that doesn't have to be blasphemous. That doesn't have to be, right. you know, some kind of like, oh, well, now you don't believe in Jesus. Now you are a heretic. Now you are. And it's like, no, like maybe God was just working in him for some mysterious way we can't explain. And that doesn't have to be blasphemous or evil or misguided, you know. And then you can just name other people throughout history, like that say God called me to do something. You'd want to write them off as just crazy. Like, oh, they're just hearing voices in their head or, oh, they're just crazy or, oh, they're just delusional or they're lying. But what if God is working with them and working in them and through them? Exactly. You know, so I think we just tend to forget that fact. And A.W. Tozer is a boss, man. Look him up if you can. That's cool. He has some really good. I look forward to that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's going to be a good stream coming up. but sweet, uh, we'll wrap it up because I'm actually fasting. I'm actually on my my almost 25th hour of a fast, so I gotta go uh, eat. <laughs> Ooh, I've been doing before dude, I collapse. Yeah, for that Legion thing, it's one one meal a day. Really? I've been on. Yeah, oh, I've been wow. doing one meal a day. See, I do That's... once a week. I do a 24 hour fast. So I okay. start. I usually do go Friday at noon. I eat a meal and then I fast until about noon on Saturday. Um, yeah, it's, it's oh, good awesome. for you. really good. I, I love doing that. Yeah. I like, I, I, at first it was hard for me to get used to eating once a day. Like my body was really starting to kind of like want to, cause I, I keep in, in shape anyway, dude. Um, not as disciplined as this though, this challenge it's every day at five o'clock in the morning, which is really cool. But the, what was hard for me was regimenting one meal a day, dude. Like at first my body was like, Ah, I need to get some protein in me, but I got over it after a couple of days and I like it now. Actually, it's my yeah. body's kind of in like homeostasis actually. No, I just, <laughs> I only drink water anyway, pretty much water. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do more water and less food. Yeah. 
it's a good you, yeah. you know sean it's a good way to trick your body into feeling that it's uh yeah. full like fill your stomach up with water yeah yeah definitely well dude you know what thanks for having me on that was awesome yeah. i really appreciate well, it it was a really good time i love it man yeah thank you and uh i have one more final last question for you but before that um do you want to just remind everyone where they can find your channel any oh plugs, yeah okay. any shout outs any like links that people should look up Okay, shout out to, obviously, to the bear community and all the bears and um, Owen, Benjamin, you know, the legend. Uh, if it wasn't for him, I obviously wouldn't have been in touch with all of you guys. And I'm grateful for him. I'm grateful for the friendship that I've had with all of you. And uh, I love all of you very much. And if you ever need uh, positive insight on anything, I'm very good with that. Hit me up. Where to find me? My YouTube is bushwhacking tartaria with berserker bear my email address is in the info tab uh, feel free to email me if you are interested in doing this research the link to my website for that is at the top of my website or at the top of my youtube page in the bottom right of the top picture it'll say MeWe, and um, find me there also on twitter at stone of thors You'll see my uh, Berserker Bear logo. And uh, yeah, hit me up whenever you want. Uh, Sean, thanks again for everything. And uh, just shout out to the bear community and all bear adjacents and all you crushers out there. Keep going. Keep doing your thing. Onward to Tartaria. Boom, where you planted. <laughs> Onward. Onward. having more fun. Airships and star forts. Onward. <laughs> yeah. And quick update for anyone live, I'm going to be back here in an hour and a half. I have another stream. Um, I didn't really want to do another stream, but I just feel like I need to talk about all the politics stuff happening, you know. And uh, I want to end talking about politics. So I have this stream coming up in a few hours. Um, you guys can tune into here, same place you're watching now. And uh, hear me rant and give some inspiration and insights into uh, all the political stuff going on. So just real quick note. But my last question for you, again, thank you again for coming on, Dustin, Berserker Bear. My last question is, did you have fun? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. And the feedback from the chat and everything, reading it off is really cool. I definitely had fun. Anytime I'm with a bear or chilling with a bear, even though it's electronic, it's always fun. Yeah. Thanks again, brother. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Thank you again, man. Yeah. Keep crushing.